So I, I know you've got a lot going on. But remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening, because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better, because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7. Oh, what a goal! Danny Alley, Kane goes for oh, what a goal from Harry Kane! Here's Lucas Moura. Oh, they did it! I cannot believe it! Hello and welcome to the last word on Spurs. We hope you're keeping very safe and well out there. Thank you for joining us for our Europa Conference League nights on the last word on Spurs. If you're listening to the show for the very first time, you can find us on iTunes, on Spotify, on Audio Boom, or across a range of different audio platforms. We're of course on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. And I'm pleased to be welcoming back returning guests to the Last Word on Spurs. On my top right, I'm looking at the man who loves these conference league nights. I've got Jason McGovern back on the show. Jace, how are you? All right, mate. A win tonight's a win, isn't it? And uh, more important for Villa, but uh, yet the checker trade lived up to its name tonight. And for the first hour, I was exhilarated. Off me seat. I never thought I'd hear the term exhilarated and Europa Conference League in the same bracket, but uh, such is life. That is, I say, these Thursday nights that we're living and evolving through. Also, please have him back on the show. Always great to have him on. Got a special section towards the end, which I'm sure you, a lot of you guys that are regular listeners, you know what's coming. We've got the brilliant Richard Cracknell back on the last one on Spurs. Rich, how are you? Evening, Rick. Evening, Jace, Roscoe and everybody tuning in. Uh, how old am I? Tuning in on the internet, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was. I think I was Godzilla-rated during that game. I don't know about exhilarated. It was like a uh, mess. Um, uh, listen, it's a fight. It's a five-one win, but devil's mm. in the detail there, and the way everything panned out, and uh, sh- shambles, shambles, and a mess. So, but uh, listen, uh, before I before I, I go, carry on, Rick. It's your show. I'm I'm just a butter guest. We're going to get into it, Rich, don't you worry. We're going to have a lot to say on the show, as always. And also pleased to have back on the show producer, 
remixer and DJ. We've got Roska joining us. Roska, back on the show. How are you, my friend? You well? Yes, all good, man. Good to be back as well, man. I'm, I'm always listening in as well. So I didn't listen to the Arsenal one. I was literally so stressed yeah. on that one. But yeah, no generally, I listen, I'm listening all the time. I was listening when Crackers was taking over when you was um, on maternity leave. So yeah, man, I'm here. I'm always here. Yeah, that's it. That's it. So um, yeah, good to be back. Um, good to have a win, I guess. But um, I mean, it's kind of expected. Um, again, yeah, just looking at the Villa game. And hopefully we can get something on on the weekend. I'm not going to lie, Roscoe. Do you know what? I thought when I had that break, I thought I got myself out of real trouble. And now I'm getting it back actually tenfold. So uh, I know Rich joking. Whenever I speak to Rich, I know he's laughing away thinking I've got him back now. I've got him back. I thought I was giving him this absolutely horrendous thing to look after. And I kind of come back. I come back to three great wins at the start of the season. And they just yeah. seem to just completely just decapitate from there on. Yeah. So um, really looking forward to what we've got to come this season. I cannot wait for what's coming our way. But um do you know what? Jace has come to you to start. Spurs, we are back to winning ways. It's a comfortable 5-1 win over Ennis Mora. Um, I think it's good to see Harry Kane come on, grab a hat-trick in that final half an hour or so. Spurs topping Group G on goal difference now, ahead of Rennes, who beat Batiste this evening. What did you make of that showing down the lane tonight? Well, you say comfortable, but, you know, an hour in, it was 2-1, and we had to bring on the big guns. That's how comfortable it was. You know, we two up in eight minutes. You think, you know, we should we should go in at half time four or five, and then the the tempo drops, and it, it becomes a becomes a mix of the checker trade. It becomes a mix of a pre season friendly of, of of players that are out of form, low on confidence, players that that are, you know are just individuals in a team at the moment without showing real qualities, and the, and it kind of just drifts then to half time. Uh, second half, you know, they, they get their goal. I'm not so sure they deserve to go to score, but they get a goal and suddenly the complexity of the game changes and we're thinking, be nice to see Harvey White come on, be nice to see one or two of the younger players, nice to give Scarlett a game and suddenly Nuno's thinking, if my job's on the line, I better bring on some of the big guns and we've got to make sure we win this rather than it going to 2-2. So um, on comes the big guns and, and Harry delivers, doesn't he? Gets, gets his hat-trick, the first one, I think, since... Since Boxing Day at Wembley, I can't, I can't remember the last one, but I think it was Southampton Boxing Day at Wembley, wasn't it? Yeah. The last one. I know he got a few hat-tricks all in, in one month that month, didn't he, I think? so. Um, but I think that's the last one. So good good for him to come on, three composed finishes, and 5-1 becomes becomes the final score. But like I say, we, were, we never looked like losing the game. And yes, we was always in control of it. But, you know, 2-1 after a what was it, 58 minutes or something against a side as poor as them, that it hardly inspires you with, with lots of confidence, does it? And, and you're thinking these are the players that have, have got a show for, for Sunday. But the only thing I would say with that is, honestly, if we're honest, if you played really well against Mora, is that really enough to guarantee you a start against Villa? Probably not anyway. And I think no. some of those players probably know that deep yeah. down. I mean, Gio, Gio gets a goal and a couple of assists. But do you judge Gio against Mora or do you judge Gio on the last year in the Premier League? That's that's the thing, isn't it? So I think players players kind of know that. And it's just a low motivation competition. I mean, you know, we, I joked with us on in amongst the group. None of us were really buzzing for the game tonight, were we? We were all thinking, oh, God, Tottenham are on TV. We're, we're not, you know, we've had uh, two nights where I've looked forward to watching, you know, uh, Man City and Paris and, and Chelsea and Juve, and then you're suddenly thinking, oh, God, it's checker trade night. I mean, 
you know, so, you know, I'm, I'm sure the players feel that too. And on the back of Sunday's game, and it's just it's just difficult times, mate. Difficult times. Yeah, we're going to come on to those difficult times, I'm sure, throughout the show. Rich, let's come around to you. Um, 5-1 to Spurs, who threatened to rout at the start. But um, let's be honest about it. They got into a bit of trouble. Had to bring on the big guns, I feel, to kind of almost, once they see out mm. the game, but try and make it a bit more composed and in control. And obviously Kane getting his hat-trick. Son and Lucas with the assist as well. Can they take any newfound confidence into that Villa game? Is it too early to kind of look into that? What do you think? What do we see on the back of a performance like that for you? I don't think you can take anything from it, Rick. To be honest, they're 337th in the UEFA coefficiency. We're 14th. And I must so, say they're the lowest lowest ranking team in the whole competition as well. Oh, they're, they're just... Mm. Exactly. So, I mean, this is a bigger chasm than when we played Marine. So, I mean, that, that gives you some sort of clue of what it was tonight. And then we see the last half hour with Son and Kane on and everybody coming on. And to me, going 2-1 down, he needs to be looking at people like Scarlett and some of these fringe players and Doherty. So I would have rather have seen Nuno go, well, hang on a minute. You've got us into this mess. Let's see what you've got. Let's see what character you've got now, like, you know, the muck and bullets are coming in at you and, and, and Mura had their, their towels up. Show me what you can do, because if I can see some character from you lot to dig us out of this and go up and steady the ship and go and get a third, went and had some confidence, then, you know, you might be beginning to tell me that I can trust you in the Premier League. On, on maybe even on Sunday or going forward in, in other games. But he didn't. What he'd done was he's he's wiped them all off. He's given them all the shepherd's, shepherd's crook and, and on the big guns come. But that also then tells me something about Nuno. That like he's he's not got the he's not got confidence in himself and that things like you know have, have gone bad since those first three games. And he's just sort of, he's hit the panic button tonight and gone, well, you know, I, I better hit the nuclear button here and put Kane and Son on. So that tells me a, a hell of a lot about Nuno. And honestly, Rick, he looks out of his depth. But I was thinking to myself with Nuno, do you know what? He seems a nice guy when he first came in. Cuddly old Uncle Nuno. I'm going to make you proud of this, this team and everything. But start of the game... When he, when uh, Jeff Brazier went to interview him for BT Sport, he wasn't just short with him. He was damn rude. He was so rude to Jeff Brazier. Now, like, listen, I'll make a like a member's declaration here. I'm a friend of Jeff's. So... I must say, we've got, we've got Jeff coming on Sunday, so I'm sure we'll ask yeah. him about that as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm a, I'm a pal mm. of Jeff, so people might turn around and say, yeah, but your mates with Jeff Brazier, you would say that. I don't mm. care who'd been interviewing Nuno. I'd have still has found him. Just, just as rude. And l- listen, I mean, we went in on Jose so many times. Soon as Jose mm. farted, yeah. we was all over him, wasn't we? Oh, Jose said this. Jose's done that. Well, Apart like, from Jason, got, we was, we was, we was, I was always nice to him. He used to get hammered, didn't he? Anything, any time he stepped out of line, Jose, he got absolutely hammered by those that didn't like him. I didn't like Jose managing the club, but mm. let's be fair and consistent. If yep. that had been Jose tonight being that rude to the BT Sports interviewer, he would have got hammered for it. Absolutely hammered. So I don't, I'm not even seeing the nice, cuddly Nuno now either. He's a man who looks out of his depth 
worried, getting rude. Uh, I mean, his body language on the sideline this evening as well. He just looked so uncomfortable. Delhi came off and looked like he just looked like he'd, he'd had enough. And I don't know, it, it's just unraveling in front of us. And it, we're six, I know it's only six games in, but he just looks absolutely out of his depth. And tonight, there was devil in the detail. Forget the 5 1 scoreline, the way everything panned out just sets so many alarm bells off for me. It's a real, real worry. And come Sunday, I think that's all getting exposed against 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 Villa because you can't take anything from the performances. Lo Celso tonight, people saying, like, you know, Clive Allen, another another guy I'll get on very well with and I do my Legends Nights with, was waxing lyrical about Lo Celso. But, like, Spurs would have had harder training games, at, at, like, you know, on a Wednesday morning yes. than that. Tonight, so you yeah. can't take anything at all from what yeah. he's done tonight. Nothing whatsoever. So you know, random rave about, like Jason said, about the Celso's performance tonight. No, go and do it Sunday and set free up and look like that against Villa rather than like Mura, and then and then we'll talk. Until then, I'm out, as they say on another TV show. So uh, yeah, worrying signs, Rick. R- worrying, worrying signs. Lovely that we won. But, yeah. you know, there is devil in the detail. Sounds like you're really behind him, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're gonna come on, we are going to come on to him shortly. He's behind him on the top of a cliff. That's where he's behind him. <laughs> Just waiting to push him. Um, we're we're going to come on to him in a bit more detail shortly. But, Roscoe, let's come round to you. Um, Spurs, comfortable in the end, I think is probably the phrase to put it, because um, obviously Kane's hat-trick saw us over the line. And people will be asking, will that now kickstart Spurs this season? In like a different context... Um, Nuno's triple sub, if that was in a maybe Premier League game and it was against a more of a quality opposition, it would be seen as a masterclass. But Spurs, you do feel really should be getting through those kind of games with some of the players they're having to put into the first team, really, in terms of what I mean by that is the likes of Winks, Doherty, and players that aren't first team regulars should be enough to be able to see these games out. And it's a concern, I think, that he's having to, as Richard said, deploy bringing the bigger guns on to see out a game like that. But I mean, it's just the guy who's under massive pressure at the moment. Um, what did you make of that performance and result tonight? Is there much you can take away from that ahead of the Villa game? Not really. I mean, just like Jason and Richard said, it's like, it's it's just one of those games. It's like, you we expect them to win. You expect them to win. The players on the field that were that started should have should have done well. They should have done better. Um, I felt like the first like 15, 20 minutes was really good. Um, but it just like, you know, Delhi, you know, dirty, like you, you just like winks. You just, you, you saw them disappear halfway through the game, you know, and then, you know, just seeing, just seeing, um, you know, having to bring on, you know, um, uh, Mora, um, Son and Kane halfway, you know, into the second half. It's like, it's a rescue mission after a while. Do you know what I mean? Cause they could have, they could have equalized. They, you know, they, they were hungry for it. You could see they was, they was trying to get back into the game, you know, even though they didn't have much possession, but, I don't know. It, it just felt. It just felt like we should have seen that game through with with who was on the pitch. Um, Scarlett, I think like he played well, but I feel like he needs a bit more aggression in his in his game. Um, he felt a bit timid on the ball a lot of times. I felt he was on the floor quite a few times as well. Um, but overall, yeah, it's, it's not one of those games I can say, yeah, great. You know, let's move on to Villa. You know, let's you know we're going to do well based off that. You know, so yeah, if we had a better opposition, then I'd say I'd say something different. But yeah, that's how I feel about that. Roscoe, I want to stick with you. We'll bring yeah. into context now the manager, because obviously that's been the real talking point over the course of the last week or two. And um, First three games of the season, he steers Spurs to wins in the Premier League, wins the manager of the month. Subsequently, since then, it's three defeats on the spin 
and he's under huge, huge pressure. And I don't think I've actually seen, I mean, in my time supporting Tottenham, well, my, I mean, I say, I'm showing my age now, what, 32, but in, in my lifetime, um, as bad as it's got, I don't think I've ever seen um, Spurs fans called for a manager's head after six games. And believe me, we've had some shockers in my time. Yeah. Uh, the likes of Christian Gross, uh, the likes of Juan yeah. Ramos, um, when I think back, you know, Jacques Santini. But, you know, with Nuno, even those first three wins, there was definitely a feeling amongst the, the Spurs fans that I speak to that the style of those wins and the manner of them just wasn't convincing. And the minute we hit that bit of trouble where we had that defeat to Palace, but we had a huge amount of injuries, Chelsea are arguably going to be a side that are going to go on and win the league. First half wasn't too bad. Second half was appalling. And the Arsenal game, in terms of the way we set up and performed, the, the worry, I think the worry thing is amongst a lot of Spurs fans is that we still should be in this new manager bounce zone. And yet yeah. we had three defeats on the spin. Um, you've got a situation tonight where he's changed the team up to give some of the youth players a chance. But again, he's had to bring on some of the bigger players in order to rescue the game. So is he under massive pressure, in your opinion, at the moment, Nuno, Oscar? Yeah, I think I think so. I think, um, you know, the first three games definitely was new manager bounce. But also we, we, we played OK. Do you know what I mean? And... Um, I feel like the last three games, we've just been exposed for what we, you know, the tactics that that Nuno is meant to be giving us. I'm sure he's meant to be playing sort of like, you know, attacking sexy football, but we're not, we're playing far from that, you know. And um, I just, I feel like, you know, Aston Villa game, he's got, he's got to prove himself. He's got to show that, you know, he's got the team, you know, obviously we're seeing a lot of articles, t- tweets going about saying he's lost the changing room and stuff like that. I don't really read into him too much, but, you know, it happens because it happens quite a lot. But, you know, in terms of, you know, those sort of tweets and what have you, but I feel like, yeah, he's got a lot to prove on, on Sunday. Like, you know, you know, how, how is he going to set up? You know, has he got the team? Has, you know, has he got Kane as well? You know, I'm, I'm even surprised Kane's in the, uh, in the England squad, you know, con- considering how well he's played the last few games as well. It's kind of been, you know, non-existent. So, yeah, that's how I feel about, you know, how they've generally set up and how, yeah, um, yeah how Nuno set up. Yeah, I mean, Jace, I'll be honest with you. I mean, in my time, I've known you, what, over five, six years and we've been doing the show. I mean, we've had some crazy times doing this, but um, I didn't think six games into a manager's reign as Nuno's calibre of manager. I didn't think we'd be discussing his future at this moment. But, um, you know, question on the screen there from Bob, who says, why are we expecting any more from Nuno? He's a manager who was in charge of a mid-table team in Wolves who played pragmatic football. Please explain why we're expecting more. Big up. Now, what what do you think, Jason Nuno? Because, you know, in the time of me knowing you, um, you've always been fairly level-headed. You've always been very calm in terms of, you know, a new manager coming that needs time to embed their philosophy you know, take the players under his wing in terms of showing them their ideas. And for a man that is so obstinate in terms of the style of football being so important, where are you on Nuno's future? Well, you know me, I've always said style of football is um, is beyond any question for me. That has to be. You know, you can you can lose games, you can have players that, that aren't particularly good and just put lots of effort in, but you should never, ever, ever lose the philosophy of playing the style of football. And there is no excuse for not playing the way that Tottenham Hotspur want to play. It may be that you try and play it and the opposition stop you. Then a a bit like Chelsea did, in which case you have to say, well, good luck, the opposition were better than us. But it's when you, you don't set out to play that way that I have a problem with it. That's why I always had a problem with... With Jose, as I say, that, that Fulham game last year when we were playing a relegated team at home and we we're 1-0 up and sitting on the sitting back, that for me is just inexcusable. 
and you know, with Nuno's style of football, I think the, the question is right. We've seen them, you know, their running stats were 19th and 20th in his two years there. So it's no surprise to find us 20th. They don't score in the first half, what, 83, 83 of the 118 games. So it's no surprise that we're, we're sitting back and, and waiting for things to happen. We're not on that front foot. Uh, I thought in the Chelsea game, we, we saw something in that first 45 minutes. It wasn't great, don't get me wrong. I'm certainly not sitting here saying that was good enough, but it, at least it was was probably the best 45 minutes and at least we looked to get on the front foot and looked to to try and create things uh, against a really good side, in fairness, in Chelsea. So, you know, that that was the, the thing. You've got to take that on. And, and But then the second half, we just got we just got absolutely hammered. And I think that probably put the fear of Christ into him and he thought, I, I can't play that way again, rather than thinking we played that way in the first half and got hammered in the second half when we didn't play that way. But it was as if, that you know, a bit like the, the, the West Ham comeback freaked Jose out and we could never go and play front foot football after that. So um, I think we're seeing what, what Wolves fans have seen for a long time and it's not good enough. But, you know, I, you know the, the fact of the matter is, I think part of the problem for him is under pressure because we all know none of us really wanted him and he knows the club didn't really want him. It doesn't take you 72 days to appoint a manager if you really want him. We had, I mean, Tottenham Hotspur sat back with, we were managerless and watched Nuno go for an interview at Crystal Palace. And suddenly we're taking on a manager that we were quite happy to see go to Crystal Palace. We, we didn't let yeah. him go and speak to Liverpool or or, mm. or, um, or Manchester United. We let him go and speak to Crystal Palace, for God's sake. And by so, all accounts, Jason, uh, even, even worse to that, can I add, that I think he was actually on the original shortlist from Tottenham, only to not even be looked at as a potential candidate because they favoured other managers. So well, you're, you're right in what you say there. Yeah, you know, and we all know that, and that will obviously add to the pressure. And don't the person who knows that more than anyone is Nuno himself. Nuno himself knows that, so you know, I, I can understand. I can understand him tonight thinking I'm in big trouble already. The crowd want me out. If this goes to two-two, despite wanting to give youngsters a chance, I'm I'm toast. So he ends up having to force to bring Kane and such on. Um, it's not easy for him. I, do I want him out after six games? I probably do. I probably do. But the, the problem with getting him out is, as we found who in the comes summer, in? is, is yeah. who the hell takes over. And that yep, is yep. our problem. And let's be honest, I, I don't know the truth of the matter, but if Graham Potter in the summer, who was at Brighton, turned down Tottenham Hotspur, then that shows you the problem we're in, that you'd sooner stay at Brighton. And I'm not, and not being funny, lots of people talking about Graham Potter I remember when Graham Potter's name was linked. I don't think there was too many people wanting Graham Potter to get the job. So we got to be honest. No. You know, I, wasn't, be honest. I, wasn't, I, I wasn't. But looking no. back now, when I when I think about the, the, play, the style of football they're playing and um, him as an individual, I think I would now take a rain, take a rain check. But uh, no, exactly. Rich, I mean, fans fans are always a little bit knee-jerk in the same way in yeah. the summer that, you know, I'm, I'm now seeing, you know, it seems like 90% of Spurs fans are saying we should have sold Kane. But in the summer... Mm you know, 90% of fans wanted to keep him. So, well, you know, what, suddenly the season starts, he doesn't score. It's, we should have got rid of Kane. I told you we should have taken the money, but nobody was saying that back in June and July when it was all going on. So be honest amongst ourselves as well. Mm. 
Yeah, no, I agree. Rich, coming over to you, just before I do, mm. I just want to read a, read a flavour of some of our listener questions that come in over, I think, 25 of them. So thank you so much, literally straight after the game. Uh, Nikki at Highland Spurs 1 says, um, good performance. I know we all become elite managers when we lose and start giving advice to coaches, but do you think it would be better for us to go to a 4-2-3-1, not convince you the players to work to a 4-3-3? Nikki, we are going to come to the formation during the show, so we'll definitely answer that. Uh, Peter at Happy Feet 84 says, embarrassing we had to bring on our big guns. Delhi needs to be dropped full stop. Nuno panics because he's one poor result away from the chop. Ed Exon says, would you agree that Moura had a better attacking pattern than Spurs? If they had slightly better players, the result would have been less favourable. Come on to that as we discuss the game as well. Um, Mark at 19SR says, do you think certain players have had enough of a, have had enough of other players in the squad? When Moura scored, the body language on the Spurs players was saying all sorts. Delhi didn't look happy at all. Joe played well, I thought. And the key question I want to ask you, Rich, this is from John Wardell, who says, can anyone put their finger on the real problem at Spurs? Lethargic, ponderous, play for 60 minutes, then the subs come on and change the game completely, completely and possibly save Nuno's job tonight. Would you go as far as that, that you know, a bad result tonight would have given his job away? I mean, because I think the Villa game is very crucial. It's a home game. Mm. And we've seen during the week with Spurs that, you know, they actually have now got to a point where they're allowing season ticket holders to purchase up to five extra tickets to try and fill that stadium. Now, surely that in itself tells you that they really are struggling here to yeah get that stadium full for the home games. And this is a stadium that, let's be mm. honest about it, it, it's at a massive waiting list in general. And now we can't even fill it. I mean, what, what do you make of it? Well, these waiting lists, you know, they're not worth the paper they're written on because uh, you can all go and put your name on a, on a waiting list. I can go and put my name on a waiting list for a, for a Rolls-Royce Phantom that comes out next year. But when they phone me up and say, oh, Mr. Cracknell, like, you know, your first d- deposit of 50 grand is due, I'm going to go, oh, yeah, well, yeah, about that. Like, you know, it's uh, m- m- maybe not. So, you know, waiting lists, schmating lists, really, isn't it? Until people hand over their money, that they're not they're not season ticket holders. And this is like every time I said this, how many people are going to hand over their money for a season ticket? And everybody went, yeah, but there's sixty odd thousand. But if fifty nine thousand people are like me on the Rolls Royce Phantom waiting list, you've you've only got a thousand. So they 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 mean nothing. Like they create them to make. People go, oh, I better buy one because, like, you know, I'm 45,000 and there'll be 14,000 behind me and somebody will take it and I won't be able to get it. But people are beginning to vote with their feet, Rick. You know, it's like things have changed since the pandemic as well. People maybe don't want to devote so much time to football and go and do other things, you know, and family pressures and like, well, you know, we were shutting doors with the kids for 18 months, a year, whatever it was. Let's start going out as a family a bit more in case we all get locked up again. So, uh, you know, money pressures as well. It's a lot of money to go to football now. And it's yeah. like it's really a lot of money to go to Spurs. It's, it's the dearest in Europe. So you, you bring all those elements together and ask people to pay that sort of money to go and watch that. People ain't going to buy tickets. They're just not going to go along another piece of it. So, you know, and this is probably the only way you are going to get the current owners of the club to listen or maybe change is when you speak to their wallets. Then their ears will listen. Us, you know, gathered round a microphone and internet in the four corners of the earth moaning, 
they won't take they won't take a blind bit of notice. Matt Law writing won't take a bit of notice. The athletic writing won't take a blind bit of notice. People jumping up and down on the high street, God bless them, won't take a bit of notice. They're impervious to it. They listen to their bank account. Now, when that gets hit, then they'll go, oh, hang on a minute. We got a, now now we've got a problem. So yeah, yeah it's it, you can't serve this up and expect the tills to keep rolling. Eventually, everybody finds their breaking point, you know, and you start to hear moderate people, measured people that are going, I just can't watch this anymore. I can't, like, you know, what what are they doing? What, what's their game plan? That There's the problem. Like Jason was saying, some front foot football. Where's our DNA? Where's our style? There's nothing that you can currently hang your coat on. There's no hook to hang your coat on at the moment with Spurs. I don't know who we are, what we are, what we're representing, what the style of football is. I don't know the direction of the football club from the top down to the team and everywhere. I know the direction of the club for events like at the stadium is quite clear when, when AJ fought. What what they're doing, and boy, didn't they do a great job! It was it was utterly it was spectacular. The stadium looked spectacular. They put on a great event, so you certainly saw the DNA there. There's Is no that part of the problem, Rich. Can I ask you on that? Because I, I know you were very vocal. I heard you recently on another show saying, you know, in discussing that, and we actually had a discussion on Monday as well about that. Mm. How much of that is a distraction when you know you've got an event like that, which, like you said, it was it was superbly staged on Saturday. You you can't yeah. question just how superb the stadium looked for that event. But the problem is, as Spurs fans, we want to see that investment on the pitch. We want to see yes. the investment within the squad. We want to see the club growing as a whole, not just for the stadia, not just for the NFL, not just yeah. for concerts, not just for, you know, Pixie Lot or all these different um, obviously the artists out there. We want to see Spurs bringing the trophies actually on the pitch, playing a, a vibrant brand of football. Well, I don't understand why we can't have both. I don't think that's demanding to want both, is it? No, not, not at all. And part of me gets that... You know, we're trying to grow the club organically and bring the money in and hopefully the money generated from concerts, from boxing, from everything goes into the football side. I don't know if it will. You'd probably need somebody, a finance expert, to to come on and explain what happens to that money. So I get we need to do that and grow us organically because, you know, there's other clubs in the country that have taken the shilling from certain parts of the world. We're very, very questionable human rights issues and that. So, you know, that throws up a whole different thing. So the way we're doing it is a solid, ethical way of growing the club, having all these events, if that money goes in and improves the football. Um, as I say, whether that happens or not, I I, I don't know. But, uh, but then another part of me thinks, well, you know, I don't care if, like, you know, Lady Gaga's playing there on Saturday night. I want to see, like, Harry Kane playing there on a, yeah. on a Saturday night, you know? Yeah. It's like, what well, the way Harry Kane plays bothers me and the way the team plays and the, and the players in the team bother me. Not who's yeah. picking up a guitar, who's picking up a ball 30 yards out and curling one into the top corner, you know, in the Champions League semi-final or something. That's... That's what that's what really bothers me. But see, the club the club know this, Rick. If like you know, Dave Grohl from the Foo Fighters phones up uh, Daniel Lee, he goes, "Oh, hello, Daniel. Uh, it's uh, Dave Grohl here from the Foo Fighters. Want to hire the stadium next summer for a concert?" And Daniel goes, "Okay, yeah, it's half a million quid." And he goes, 
Oh, you're having a laugh, in you? I'm going to Wembley for 600,000 and get 30,000 30, more in. But, he, but Daniel turns around and says, yeah, but have you seen that stadium and what we can offer you for, like, acoustics and lighting and facilities and da-da-da-da? You know, they've made it absolutely spectacular. They've made it the only show in town now in London for an event. But they do know also that if they can't come to an agreement with a band, with a boxing promoter, they can go, yeah, no problem. We'll go Wembley. We'll go, like, down to West Ham's ground. We'll go Arsenal's ground. We'll go... Here, there. There's probably nine, ten different arenas that you can play in London. Now, phone Daniel Levy up as a Spurs fan and say, "Oh, hello, Daniel. I'd like a ticket, please, for Saturday's game." Yeah, that's ninety quid, please. Ninety quid. Yeah, that's what we're charging. You can't turn around and go to nine or ten of the other London clubs. You can't go. Oh no, well, I won't bother this Saturday. I'll go Arsenal. I'll go Chelsea. I'll go Orient. I'll go Fulham. It's Spurs, it don't work it's like Spurs. That. They know. Yeah, they Spurs. know they've got you. They know yeah. they've got you. So they know that they don't have to put so much into us as fans as they do attracting people for the events. So yeah. uh, you know they're, they're cynical businessmen and, and people. At the end of the day, they know that. And they know they've got you, and they just seem to just put enough in to keep it going, to keep you interested there or thereabouts. But it's it's now reaching a point where they're not putting enough in to keep you interested. So yeah. let, let's see. It's going to be an interesting couple of years for them if this sort of like levels of what they're putting into the football continues. Yeah. Let's switch it back to Nuno. Let's come around to you, Roscoe. A question on the screen there. Um, I presume Nathan's referring to the display tonight. He said, where was this against Chris? Where was this against Chelsea and Palace? I know we played a Slovenian team, but we should have beaten Arsenal easily. Um, I think we all know that that Arsenal game, we haven't beaten Arsenal at, at the Emirates since, what, 2010, a long, long time ago. But just yeah. generally into context now for Nuno, it's a very big weekend for him, you feel, this Aston Villa game. Uh, we are going to come on to some of the player performances in terms of who we obviously took on tonight in terms of um, yeah. Ennis Mora and a break in a second. But before we do, um, does that ease any pressure for you on Nuno or is it a case where tonight really... It's a meaningless game in the context of what Spurs' season is about, generally. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I mean, I, I expected us to to win that. We should have won it, won it more comfortably. Um, I feel like um, there were players that even in even in that game they should have played way better. Um, you know, we we had some good, we put up some good passes, some good some good set pieces. So I, I felt like overall the game was good um, in that sense. But still, you know, defense still looked shaky. Um, you know. You know, winks up. You know, I'm not even sure what he really does anymore. And it's like, you know, that's the only thing. I can't really take anything from that and say, yeah, we're going to look good against Villa. Do you know what I mean? Um, and it's not even a thing where I could say, yeah, we're going to gain confidence from that and go into Villa. Do you know what I mean? I agree. I think at the moment, you know, these performances, the, the problem is that when you break them down and you look at some of the context behind them, um, it's hard to see any structural rhythm. And I think, again, with a, with a game like today, when you're making that many changes, you are going to lose a bit of fluidity. You are going to lose a bit yeah. of rhythm. Naturally, you are because you're making that amount of changes. But I think right. there should still be a constant of a certain brand of football that you can get behind. And, you know, we are going to discuss that after the break. We are going to delve deeper in terms of some of the, the players of that game. So um, taking into this break, you are going to hear from Nuno Espirito Santo, who gives his thoughts on the back of that 5-1 win. And then after that, if for our listeners on audio, um, you're going to be obviously hearing our thoughts in terms of what we made of that game generally and some of the player performances. Nuno, well done. 5-1 tonight. Uh, first of all, your thoughts on the game? I think we performed 
good. I think we play a good game. We start very strong. Uh, that was the idea, starting with a lot of energy, and the boys did well. Um, the only period at the beginning of the second half, but I think we react immediately after Moura's score. And uh, you know, overall, a, a very good performance. Important for for players that work every day to have to have minutes on the pitch because you're going to need uh, all the squads. Yeah, you said react, react, react before the game, didn't yeah. you? Scoring twice in 15 minutes. That's the Perfect. best reaction that, that uh, and we need it, we need it, the boys need it, it's been hard days, today was important uh, for us, for the, the confidence and um, it's important, this way you recover better, you prepare yourself better for the next one. Nice to have a man like Eric Ames to come off the bench, isn't it? Yeah, it was good, I think uh, the energy that uh, the boys that came in was important for the team in that moment and uh, in the best way to prepare, like I say, is having them together and, and trying to, to play together was was very good very good what else pleased you about tonight because you had a couple of young lads in there Dane for instance yeah he played very good he played very good I think he's enormous talent uh, it was important for him to start the game to have this feeling to, to go over and over again uh, and work very hard the chances and the goals will come in this yeah. in this in his yeah. game because he's very talented yeah I need to ask you about Villa big yeah. game on Sunday now big big game big game huge huge game going to be a tough one but let's prepare it well we have to we have to improve a lot of aspects in our game and at home with the support of our fans let's do let's do a good game well, I know you'll look at these opponents what have you made of Villa quickly they're yeah, playing very good they're playing very good he's a strong team Dean is a fantastic manager they have good 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 players um, the results that they they had recently but we are at home, we are at home, we have to be strong, yeah. strong. Home yeah. factor is huge for us. Yeah, and look at the home factor tonight, Nuno. Yeah. The, the reception you get out here is brilliant, isn't it? it is. I, I'm Must mean very, a lot to you, that. Yeah, a lot. Um, we are very thankful, very thankful. We want to appreciate Thursday night, raining, and having our fans is, is huge. Thank you for them. Brilliant. Thank you, Nuno. Thank you, sir. Jay's ahead of the game, team news obviously breaking. Um, we saw Spurs see, well, generally Nuno changing up a little bit. Um, we had team-wise Oliver Skip and Brian Hill both impressing that second half against Arsenal. Although it was a horrendous game, as we know, both coming into that starting lineup. Joe Roden was back in the team alongside summer signing Christian Romero. Lo Celso also back in the team. We saw Matt Doherty, Sergio Regulon at right-back and left-back respectively. Harry Winks, who missed out on previous matchday squads, was recalled to the starting eleven to the joy of one of our very close friends that I will not mention his name. Um, Deli Alley captained the side as well. I found that quite bizarre, but again, that's probably based on maybe the age of, of the squad that went out there. And Dane Scarlett, who was deliberately only given 45 minutes for the under-23s on Monday, was given a start. Uh, the likes of Harry Kane, Huminson, Lucas Moura, Tungi and Dombele, Pierre-Emi Hoybier were among the substitutes. I know we had a brief interaction, Jace, on WhatsApp um, when that team came out. Well, was that what you were roughly expecting, Jace? I was surprised he started Scarlet, I must admit. Um, other than that, probably wasn't that far off the team that, that I thought we'd see. Um, let's be honest, he could have left any of the 10 out from, from the weekend game. Um, but the problem that we, we've got at the moment, and, and the, the team comes out and... You're, why is why is Delhi here? Why is why is Winks in the team? Why is this happening? But you think well, and and I think one of the questioners I think earlier said, or, or why is Delhi in the team? But you're thinking, yeah. who should be mm -hmm. in midfield? We got to rest Hoiberg, so we're going to call Skip in. But none of us want Winks in. None of us want Delhi in. None of us want Ndombele in. None of us want Lacelso in. Who's going to play? Sissoko's been sold. 
So, <laughs> you know, you're in that stage now, aren't you? None of us want to see... Uh, I'm surprised Jaffet didn't play, uh, if I'm honest. But, you know, he didn't necessarily deserve to, to keep his place. But we are in that stage where, you know, even when you bring Lucas Moura in, are, we, are any of us really deep down thinking, God, I wish I want to see Lucas Moura play tonight? You know, there's, there's another one. None of us are sitting there thinking, I wish Bergvine was singing. Brian Hill played tonight. Did you know? Did we really get us off our seats tonight? If, if it's looked tidy, a few nice touches, but actually, what did he achieve? Not a lot. So, did he really force his way into the Villa game? Probably not. It's it's a bit like that, isn't it? It's you know, whichever team he, if he picks Eric Dyer, everyone moans. Why is Eric Dyer in there? So he picks Sanchez. Why is Sanchez in the team? It's you're in that stage. I can't stand the sight of Reggie on, but Reggie on plays at left back. And if he don't play, Ben Davis does, and everyone goes loopy with that. So, you know, in fairness to <laughs> Nuno, I don't know what his team wish. sheet can be. You know, yeah. his, his team sheet, whichever he picks at the moment, his team sheet, there's about seven or eight players that none of us want to see on the pitch. But you can't go into a game with three players. No, and that's very true. I think the problem at the moment is that, you know, because of just how much anger there is towards a lot of that squad. Like you said there, whoever he picks out of the 11, I think seven or eight of them are going to get a, a batter in whoever he selects, which is quite ridiculous, really. But, um, Roscoe, I want to come around to you, actually, on this point before I come to Rich, because um, Rich and Jason have probably done Delhi Alley to, to death on the last few weeks of this show. So I think it's only right to have a fresh voice on Delhi. Um, obviously, back in the team, uh, say back in the team, obviously he played against Arsenal, what was hauled off, but he was in a, a 4-2-3-1 tonight and it paid dividends very early on for Delhi. He profited to win an early penalty. Uh, Obradovic brought him down. He was marking his 50 European appearance with a goal. Um, he, as I said, looked to be playing a bit more higher in that number 10 role, which we familiarised Delhi with in those yeah. first couple of seasons where he played ever so well, had that breakthrough. I know many thought that, again, Delhi, although he got the goal, was very sloppy throughout the game and much of his play after the goal. Um, I think it's fair to say you know, he does divide a lot, of, a lot of opinions. And I think with Delhi now, it's coming to a point where many feel he actually slows the game down for Spurs. So, so where are you on Delhi? Because it's good to get a fresh voice. Yeah. Do you have a future um, in your opinion? I, don't, I, think he, I think he does need a move away. I mean, it would have been nice for him to get that. Was it a loan? It was a loan move to PSG, wasn't it? Was it begin? Was it January he was meant to get? Well, link loan? Alone. I mean, I think, I think yeah, many kind of suggest... I think many suggested that maybe if he got a loan like Jesse Lingard got at West Ham, yeah. that might have done the world of confidence. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I feel like, you know, the first the first like 20 minutes, I felt like Delhi was, he had a nice little bit of freedom and you felt like, you know, you got the old Delhi back and it was good. It was good to see him like getting up, getting move, moving, moving about. And I think just, just him being um, captain maybe gave him that le- extra boost. But after that, I didn't really see much of him. I felt like he looked lost in the game, a bit similar to um, Winks as well. And like um, I always say, it's like I feel like the players from the Poch era. I feel like you know the, the you know the heart, the tough rebuild that Poch always spoke about. I feel like those players are part of it. They need to actually move on. Um, yeah. And um, yeah, I, you know I do like Delhi. I do like Delhi. I've always liked Delhi the way he plays. But unfortunately, like I feel like he needs that move away. And um, unfortunately, I feel like a lot of these players are you know they're, they're not as good as we. We we want them to be better than they actually are. Do you know what I mean? In terms of you know we've 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 gone to Champions League, we've gone to the heights of Champions League, gone to the final, and uh, with these players. But I feel like even those guys are punching above their weight class in that in that sense. You know we we done really well, and we had we had a good good manager in Poch that brought our players together, um, and we haven't had that since. So I feel like yeah, Delhi he kind of needs to move away. 
Um, but overall, like the first, like I said, the first 20 minutes, I actually, I actually really enjoyed uh, like seeing Delhi actually moving around and taking command of the team. But yeah, beyond that, like, I couldn't really see him again. Yeah, I, I'm keen all again. I say, you know, all I say, just... Rick, is, you know, and I'm starting to lose patience with Delhi as well. Yeah. And I think he's lucky to be starting. But my, my, like I said earlier, it's not so much does Delhi deserve to start. It's if Delhi doesn't start, who does? Yeah. Because you cannot, do not tell me Tongi Ndombele deserves a place in that side. Do not tell me Harry Winks deserves a place in the side. And therefore, who you're leaving Delhi out for? That's our problem. That's our problem. Yeah, I do agree. You know what, Rich? I agree. Uh, do you know what, Delhi again is a player that polarizes so much opinion. What I can understand, Rich, for me, was that he hauled him off against Arsenal for being evidently poor. And then mm. suddenly he's captain the side tonight. And it's like, you know, regardless whether it's a Europa Conference League tie, whether it's a game down Hackney Marshes, to give him the captain's armband after what I thought was a really poor performance against Arsenal, I just couldn't fathom that. I couldn't understand that. Uh, you know, maybe it's an age profile thing where maybe Skip, he felt was maybe again, although I think Skip has kind of really held his head up high in the first, in the last couple of games. I think Chelsea mm. came on, calmed us down. I think against Arsenal, again, he gained his possession of the ball, showed a bit of composure. I just feel with Delhi, you know, Nathan says it on the screen there, you know, is it a case where either we do loan him out to see if he can find that form again, or is it a case now where we do allow Delhi to move on just for the sake of his career and for Tottenham as well? I have to back what Jason said exactly. If we loan him or let him go, who comes in? Because of the lack of investment and those missed windows when Pochettino was talking about getting players in and failing to sort of build on what the heights that we got to, that's when you buy. When, you, when you're riding high, go out and buy because you will attract players because eventually everybody goes through a cycle, all players. And it just feels like Delhi's gone stale. And one week you'll get a, a game out of him. And then the next game, you just get nothing. And, you know, Jose Mourinho, bless him, called it spot on. Are you Delhi or are you Delhi's brother? And it really is because one week, one game you get Delhi, the next you get Delhi's brother. And again, he gets made captain tonight. I don't know, maybe Nuno's had a chat with him after that Arsenal game and read him the right act and Delhi said the right things and he'll go, okay then, all right, if you still want to be part of this and you're still hungry for it, I'll make you captain on Thursday night. And let me see how you lead on the pitch with some youngsters and how you start di- like you know dig- digging in. Um, you know, going back to like to tonight's game, I would have rather have seen us win two one and not make those changes. Dig in, put yeah. in a performance, show a bit of character, and yeah. then I could have said sat here tonight and gone. Well, do you know what? That's something we can like hang our hats on to, to yeah. go back to a previous analogy because. Yeah. They they did go backs against the wall a little bit against the team which didn't look technically was set up not too bad but just poor players and uh, you know these kids dug in Delhi you could see going round as captain speaking to these youngsters speaking to Scarlett speaking to a couple of others and looked like that he was like captain material but he he didn't so you know maybe that conversation was had so yeah but again if Delhi goes. Who comes in? And maybe a lot of these players know that, Rick, as well. They know yeah, that they're so comfortable. I think so. But they're yeah, yeah. thinking, you know, if I'm too Bob tonight, no no problem, because matey boy behind me waiting to get in, 
he ain't even two bob. Like, you know, he's half a shilling. Like, you know, to quote old money there. But so they, they, you know, they know this as well. They know that their place is quite safe because they've got nobody snapping at their heels. So, yeah. you know, get somebody in behind him, young and hungry, that plays in that position, and then watch what they do when all of a sudden their place in the first team is is under threat. And as much as we moan about Enoch, or well, I do anyway, and like you know, look at Nuno and go, no, I don't think he's for me to be honest. Uh, like I can't just can't see where that's going to come from. There's a lot of those players as well that really, really do need to look at themselves and their professional pride, and um, and you know, and go, come on. You know, there's working people out there putting in 60, 70 quid a week when money's tight and could be going elsewhere. We owe them something. We owe them a performance. So it, it, they're equally culpable. But the whole um, the whole feeling around the club, the whole ethic around the club is just off. There's no desire. There's no drive. You know, I want to see my club be like when Fergie was at Man United. Everybody would have died for that club. Yeah, you know, yeah. they would fight, have died for him, died for the club, fight for the shirt. And I think that comes from the top, but I think they see at the top this like, uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, you're one of the footballers, isn't you? Yeah. Oh, listen, I'll, I'll talk to you later because I'm on the phone to Lady Gargoyle's manager. I'm, I'm <laughs> flogging the stadium here. That's, that's the sort of vibe I, I get that, like, you know, they're just like, yeah, well, it just happens to be a football club. We, we trade, you know. It's like we've got the best works football team in the country, isn't it? It's, it feels like a business, but also as a you know some of the, some of the people that work here have a game of football every now and then. They just happen to be fa- fairly decent. It's, it seems like a works oh. Enix work team rather well, than Tottenham. My only worry is the coincidence is that since Fabio has not been on that bench, I don't know where he's gone. Free free wins, manager of the month for Nuno, and he's and he's gone on, gone on a break. We haven't but seen again, him since Rick. There's another, there's another issue. You know, Nuno's out on the edge of the technical area and he's yep. shouting instructions. And then behind him, he's got two and Plute, like, you know, Mr. <laughs> I don't like transfer windows and Paratici. They're also shouting instructions. And it's like Sunday morning's kid football when you've got... The like, you know, other thing I would say, though, Rich, we were getting results when they were all on the bench together somehow, uh, correctly. Yeah, which other yeah. club does that, you know? No, it's like the no. well-meaning dad that's the manager of a team Sunday morning mm. with the kids, and there's two other dads behind as well screaming instructions. It's like, who else is doing that this, in world football? You don't see top, it at any this, other club. This is, this is Tottenham, though, Rich. We do things special over here. It always oh, is the case. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, Jason... I want to come over to you. One of your uh, favourite players in the squad, Giovanni Lo Celso. He actually completed ninety minutes tonight, which I know you probably can't uh, can't quite believe. I know it's been a while since it's actually happened. Um, he doubled supposedly with a powerful finish um, to put us two 0 up. Generally, you know, he was um, he struggled to make an impact until an, an impact until he's actually switched to more of a number ten role. Um, and you know, he did become far more instrumental, including that nutmeg assist for Kane's third goal. He was more involved in the build up as well. Um, question on the screen there from Steve Wolf, who says, has Gio ever played central without actually given the chance as a real number 10? Never understood him on the wing. Um, I'm actually going to go further and say that I still don't know his best position at the club. Do you? Do we? any of us know what his best position is? In the stands. That's his best position. But hold on, hold on. We haven't got, but at this point, we've got no, we've got no team by the sounds of what we're saying. That's, that's about the players. Go, isn't it? Now, yeah. um, 
Oh, honestly, though, was you, know, you, was I, you I more think... impressed with him tonight? Or not really? Uh, not, not particularly. I thought, um, you know, because of the opposition, I want to see him. I don't want to see him look tidy. I want to see him dominate a Premier League game at Premier League intensity for 90 minutes. That's what I want to see. I want to see in the 85th minute of a Premier League game Sunday against Aston Villa, where he's played for 85 minutes and he, and he want the ball, scream for the ball. And then when he gets it, slide a nice pass through. I don't want him to be tidy for five minutes of the game against Mora when there's no intensity in the game. And that's it. I mean, he's, he scored a, a, a really nice finish. He got a nice assist tonight. But it's got to be... And that, that's what worries me in this Tottenham team, is that we can, it's not just Gio in, in that respect at the moment. We crumble under any intensity. Any team looks raises the old tempo against us, and we crack. And Gio gets through 90 minutes tonight, but it's nowhere near a Premier League intensity game, is it? He'll be knackered in the warm-up come Sunday. Because it'll be, oh, God, I did 90 minutes Thursday. I can't do another 90 on the weekend. And this is our problem. And then we'll bring Tongi on. He'll come on like that. And we, here we go again. And this is our problem. So we've got to get those intensity levels. And players players like Gio and Tongi, they've got to be the, the creators in that side. They're the ones that we want to see grabbing the game. That's that's what we spent the 100 million quid on. And yeah, yeah. all the six, oh, he hasn't played in this position, he hasn't played in that position, and these are the two dream midfielders, but every time they play, we lose and concede goals. I mean, at some stage, one of those two has really got to stand up and dominate Premier League games consistently, not be tidy for 10 minutes. Mm. Yeah, Jason's uh, spot on, Rick, because like people are saying, like, is there no positives from tonight? And, you know, like grumpy old men, but... There Kane. is a positive because Kane came on and does what Kane does with some lovely finishes, and, uh, yeah. and he probably did need a few goals under his belt. So and, them and coming you know, on, it shouldn't have happened. But when they did, they done the business. And when you look at them, you go, "Oh wow, their movement was good." Never mind who they're playing; their movement was right, everything was right. But they're yeah. but they're bricklayers, and if Geo's not going to be a good odd carrier. They ain't laying bricks, are they? So Gio has to be right example, isn't it? for Kane to be right. That's a prime example, isn't it? Kane came on tonight against a crap opposition, but he grabbed it by the scruff of the neck. Mm. And in one, yeah. 25 minutes, he got at trick. That's what I mean. Yeah. Grabbing it by the scruff of the neck, thinking, come on, we're better than this. It's time to sort this out. Bang, bang, bang. All over. Yeah. And that's Nikki, what I want to see. Yeah, Nicky Wallace on the screen says, Gio and other player bought with no scouting done regarding best system he plays in. Um, Daniel Byrne says here, Gio looked far better when there was movement ahead of him. I think that was key as well. Yeah, uh, it's a knock-on yeah. effect for sure. Yeah. But I think that intensity, you know, how he looked in Spain, the intensity levels is what they're struggling with in the Premier League. Mm. Yeah. Maybe, ask, maybe ask, move him oh. in a little bit, Gio, as Craig Bowler made a point. He played there for Betis. He played in that number 10 role. And look, he did look really good at best. So maybe that is worth a go. Bring him in a little bit more and do what he done tonight, but against the Villa and 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 see what happens. You know, I mean, it can't be any worse than getting dick three nil three weeks on the on the trot. Get yeah, exactly. beat three nil, get beat four nil, but at least give it a go and have a look. You might just all of a sudden find, oh mm. well, there it is. That's his spot. Like, look what he's done here in the Premier League. So, yeah. like, take it, take a little, little look here. Yeah, we could do worse than try that. 
Yeah, I mean, Roscoe, just to quickly finish up on Gio before we talk about Harry Kane, of course. Um, you know, Gio what, is in his third season now. I mean, I think it's fair to say we haven't seen the best of him in a Spurs shirt. question I want to ask you is, will we ever see the best of him in a Spurs shirt? Do you think, will we, of course, this season, will he get games with the Nuno? Because I think the problem with Gio has always been, is we had two or three games where he's not completed the 90 minutes, then he's got an injury, then he's trying to get him back fit, and we've never actually seen a consistent player in there to be able to form a judgment of, number one, where does he play best? And number two, how can he actually benefit the team and what system do we put him in? Well, this is it. Like, I, f- I feel like Lo Celso and, and Ndombele, like both of those players, they have the same problems. You know, they're, they're either unfit or, they're, or they're, they're injured. And they don't when they, get, when they get a run of games, they can't play the full 90 minutes. They, they Literally, they, we're, we're, not, we're unable to even see their full potential. And whether that's down to the way they, they're trained, um, you know, the back end of whatever they need to do outside of playing, I don't, something needs to change because we're not getting, we're not seeing their full potential. We're not, and if we're in the third season of a player and then they're not actually showing what they're about, we need to cut their losses. So, but that's not something that Daniel Levy's really going to do, is he? He's not going to cut his losses on certain players. So me personally, they're not worth, well, I'd say Lo Celso, he wasn't worth the money that we paid for him, if I'm brutally honest. You know, we're not getting any of that back. So, I mean, yeah, number 10 position would be good for him, ideally. But overall, like when we can't we haven't seen a we haven't seen a good run of games to even say, yeah, this is this is what he does. We're still confused on what he does. Yeah, and, the, I know. and our problem is, isn't it? He, if he was to say, okay, if people say, right, let's give him the number 10 role against Villa, he plays really well, he proves me wrong, gets a couple of assists, you think. Blimey, Gio had a fantastic game today. Picks up the old yellow brick as the man of the match award and thinks, lovely jubbly. And we think, right, we finally got him. But then he's not available for the next game because he'll come back from Argentina and then he'll have to serve them. So the next Premier League game, he can't play. So this is the thing of trying to get him a run of games, even when you want to get him a run of games, you won't be able to. And I'm not Mm. saying he he, he, he turns and says he, he doesn't go to Argentina. It's a problem, obviously, with COVID that he can't help. But this is always going to stop him having a run of games at the moment. Same with Romero. I mean, it's one game. Yeah. We've played six Premier League games. He started one. Yeah. 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 And I, I think, like I say, we're going to have to manage that throughout the season. I know Nuno's touched upon that, about how we do look at that, because um, ultimately they are Tottenham Hotspur players. And I, I totally understand that, for, especially for, I think, a country like Argentina, for these players, it is, for them, um, very, very special still very, very special for them to go and represent their country. But I think there has to be an element of balance here because we do need them available. For us, we haven't got you know a world-class squad open where we can keep changing the team. And therefore, we do need to have, I think, some understanding there, which is going to allow us to play those players. Now, um, Mora did get back into a game. It was a great strike, actually. A corner headed out of the edge of the box where Ziga Kuss lashed a 20-yard volley. And to be fair, it was a wonderful strike. I mean, yeah, good. you could argue, could it have been closed down? I think sometimes you've got to just appreciate the goal. It was a great finish from them. But um, Spurs and real relief for Nuno. Uh, Lucas provided that killer pass. Harry Kane on. We saw that triple substitution. And Kane scored to stretch to beat the goalkeeper. And again, I think like you boys picked up on there, um, Jace, we'll come to you. Just that moment of quality from Kane. I think, like you said there, that's what the game had been, been missing. And it was a great finish from Kane. And we're just hoping that will now hopefully kickstart his season because so far in the Premier League, no goals from whatsoever. Is that a real confidence booster going into Villa on Sunday? Uh, he'll have enjoyed scoring the games, but what will boost his confidence against Villa is if we create chances early on, even if he doesn't take them. If we start creating chances, we know that eventually Harry will score goals. But 
if he then plays the first 20 minutes against Villa where he doesn't get a touch of the ball and he's he's you know completely isolated or whatever then he's he's his levels of belief, I wouldn't say confidence, his levels of belief will drop. So we've got to provide him with chances. And, you know, people are saying um, he's, he's dropping too deep. But he was dropping deep last year and got top score and top assister. He's dropping yep. deep because he's not getting the ball given to him and he wants to touch the ball. And when he when he didn't drop deep against Palace, everyone went mad that he didn't touch the ball. So, you know, you've got to have it one way or the other. You either let him drop deep or you tell him to stay up top. But if you stay up top and he doesn't get a touch of the ball in 25 minutes, everyone says he's disinterested and he's not putting an effort in. So it's a problem for him. We have got to start getting some way to create chances, either through the full-backs or through midfield. And when we do that, Harry will look as connected as anything. I'm, I'm sure Harry wants to, to, to score goals for us. He's not sitting there still sulking, as, as people believe. Yeah. Um, Richard, I want to come around to you on Harry Kane. Um, a lot has been discussed about Harry Kane over the course of the last couple of weeks where Spurs have had those real, real bad defeats, of course, to Palace, then to Chelsea, then to Arsenal, respectively. And what's been called into question is, number one, Kane's body language, and number two, his contribution to the games itself. Um, but his finishing there tonight was all there to see. Obviously, a hatchet for Kane. Um, it's now his 13th hatchet for Tottenham. I think mm. I say in general, it's obviously quite an incredible record. I think he's now just too shy of equaling uh, Jimmy Greaves' record, which I think is 15 held by the late Jimmy Greaves. Kane, is that back to business for Harry Kane? Or again, are we just looking too much into the opposition tonight to get carried away in terms of Kane's goals? Well, you can only bang them in against who you're playing. And that's who we was playing tonight. He still had to take them. And he took them well. They were n- nice touches. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, he looked like he was off and his body language wasn't right. And he looked to be a little bit sulky. And I, I couldn't quite make my mind up. And I think I, I said on uh, Chris's show last week that he just doesn't look right. But I think maybe uh, maybe a mixture. He probably is a little bit done. He, he did, did did want to go, does want to go, I think, still. So, but as as that time erodes, he'll he'll sort of accept that a little bit more of a okay, well, I'm here for the season. So, you know, the mood will lift a little, I think. But it's also been that case of just not getting the service either, as well. So, you know, brick layer with no bricks doesn't but doesn't build wall does he it's like it's as it's as simple as that so i think it's a mixture of him probably a little bit like oh i'm still here and uh you know here we are and um so yeah i think it's a sort of combination of all of it but that's not going to hurt tonight is it so it was a positive it really yeah. was and I think now, let's say, Harry Kane's actually the first Spurs player to score a hat-trick as a substitute since Ronnie Rosenthal back in 1995. Uh, God, that makes me feel so old, that, in the Southampton FA Cup in March 1995. Roscoe, for you... Three um, left-footers, Ricky. Three left-footers, Rocket Ronnie, that <laughs> night. What a night as well. Now, now you've piqued my interest. Nostalgia. Look, I was going to say, 95, I mean, that, that was desperate times. I mean, I, I don't know if we're there, we're there yet quite, but um, I mean, some Spurs fans will feel we're, we're pretty much even worse than that, but I don't know. But, Roscoe, let's come around to you. Um, Harry Kane, I, I think it's a really important, you know, three goals for him tonight, that hat-trick, because we're hoping now, you know, that's going to hopefully realign his focus. You know, the man is geared for goals. I think he's still looking at that Tottenham record. Forget what's happened in the summer. He's a Spurs boy, he's a Spurs fan. I'm sure these last three games, like all of us, it hurts, you know, because he comes from a Spurs sporting family and don't get me wrong, he wanted the move in the summer. Um, I think, again, as we always touch upon, I think no one would have begrudged him the move in the summer. 
It's just the way it was engineered that was the biggest problem, right? So for yeah. you, do you think Harry can now get his head down, concentrate on the Premier League and get goals and ultimately what is the bread and butter of the football domestic league for us? Yeah, 100%. I think just like Richard was saying, it's like he needs the service. Once he gets the service, he'll be all right. And, you know, it's it's one of those ones where who's going to give him the service? And, and I was thinking about it as well just earlier on. It's like if, if, if Villa locked down Kane and Son, who else is going to score goals? In that team, who else can we rely on? And that's the thing we're just we're, we're relying. Obviously, we need Kane's got Kane's got to be scoring. But if he drip, drops deep, and then and Son 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 can't get into the box, who else is going to score our goals? Um, and that that's always been sort of like a concern for me with with our team. You know, we're 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 solely relying on on Son and Kane. You know, obviously we they, we're going to get most of our goals from them. But you know, we take take them both out of the team. If they're both injured, who's going to score our goals? Where where are they coming from? Um, so I mean, today Kane Kane done his professional thing. He done his thing today, um, but overall, he, he shouldn't have had to come on today, really and truly. Um, and that's that's the bottom line, you know. He should have been rested for Villa and up there. But you know, I, I hope hopefully that plays into it, and he's you know he's get some conf- got some confidence from that, and he's able to go into the Villa game and you know do his thing. Yeah, yeah I'll be fair. You know, when when at the start of the season, um, you know, we, we didn't have Kane, and people say, "Well, see, we won without Kane and that." How are we playing? Did we create lots of chances? Were we winning threes and fours? Or did we win yeah. with a Deli Alley penalty at Wolves where we got battered for most of the game? Yeah. And I yeah. think Sonny scored with one of our two shots on target against Man City. So it's, yeah. it's not like we were winning 3-0 and suddenly he's come back and playing stylish yeah. football. We were struggling then and people were already yeah. moaning at our football in those first two games of that game. Right. So, and I, I don't remember people seeing him come off the bench at Wolves and thinking, oh God, Kane's coming on. We were absolutely delighted to see him come on. Yeah, and quite rightly right. so. So, yeah. you know, if people think the only problem in this team at the moment is Kane, then they're looking completely in the wrong direction. I agree, yep. Big yeah. Gareth Bale-shaped hole, isn't there, in this team at the moment and the goals well, that he chipped in, well, you know. I mean, if you're going to make do something, yeah. Rick, your midfielders have got to chip in. With those yeah, eights and nines and tens, well, you've got to have exactly two or that. three midfielders getting five tens, like six, yeah. six, seven goals. They come in; they're the ones that nick you one, like in the eighty-eighth minute, or you know that type. Yeah. And that's what Bow done. And we haven't yeah. replaced him, and we haven't replaced Ericsson, and we haven't replaced Luka Modric. There, there's yeah. the holes in the team that we've now yeah. got. Well, yeah. I think you know, generally. 26, 26 goals, isn't it? 26 goals, mm. Vinicius and Bale. 26 yeah. goals out of this team without any form of an attacking replacement. So, mm. you know, we wonder why we haven't got goals in the team. That's a key reason as well. Go on, Jason. I mean, Daniel, Daniel's comment on the on the screen there. I mean, mm. like I say, if you're not going to create through midfield, you've got to create from the wide areas. We don't play with yeah. wingers, so it's up to those fullbacks. Doherty didn't provide one one opportunity tonight, if I can remember rightly. And well, I- he, he got skinned early on, and you're thinking... Yeah. This is a bloke that can't create and he's getting skinned by Moura. I mean, Jesus Christ, what hope is there for the bloke? I mean, he looks so far removed from uh, Premier League football. I mean, we used to joke about the the bloke at um, Nuneaton Borough taking Danny Rose's place, but I genuinely think Nuneaton Borough have a better right-back than Matt Doherty. It's, it's, I think, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a joke. Well, he's, he's an now, absolute joke as a footballer. Well, he's, 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 now, he's now actually the third choice, isn't he? When you think about it, he's got Tanganga obviously ahead of him now. He's got Emerson yeah. ahead of him. And you think for Doherty now, you know, where is he going to really get games? Exactly. If, and if, if he can't shine in a game like this, I mean, what have you got? You've, you've got nothing yeah. left, have you? Nothing yeah, left. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, Regulon, I mean, he could have scored a couple at the end there with a bit more composure in front of the goal. But at time, you know, Regulon, we want to try and be, it's, it's hard because, you know, for anyone that's done, listened to this show the last five or six years, uh, we've always tried to remain rational, try and see the positives. We have just won 5-1. I know people might think, oh God, this is this is negative. But, you know, we, we're trying to see, I think, you know, a, a bigger picture as to where Spurs are looking to try to go. And I think at the moment, um, we're all struggling to see, okay, What's the plan? You know, what are we trying to achieve? What is the objective? What is the goal? What are we working towards? I think we're just all at the moment in real disarray. And, you know, um, I want to say this, uh, the Tottenham of Supporters Trust, we've got those guys coming on in the next week or so. They've actually requested a meeting with the board. Now, whether they get that meeting is another question. But um, I think definitely as fans, we just want to know what we are planning and what we're heading towards. I think once we know that, if we ever get that answer, which... Guys, I don't think we are going to get that answer because we never do. Um, if we do get that answer, I think it will allow us then to feel mentally in a bit more of a better place. You know, okay, do you know what? That's the target, and that's what we're working towards. And with Pochettino, that we knew with Poch, we always knew that we were working towards the stadium. We always were working towards the training ground. At the moment, I know Jay's laughing there. We don't quite <laughs> just know what we're laughing I'm, towards. I'm just thinking the target at the moment, mate, is staying up. <laughs> <laughs> He's, he's, I'll tell you. It's, that's how um, it feels. That's how it. Uh, but the trust yeah. going to like you know, and God bless the trust. They do it. Yeah, they do an hard, hard job. I, I love it. They're mm. great. Martin's great. Cat's great. I know yeah. that there's people that but absolutely slay them. But I'm telling you, the work that them two and yeah. all that and, ball put in unbelievable. Is, yeah. is incredible. And they don't get nothing for it. People go, oh, no. you know, they're paying oh tea and biscuits. Nonsense, absolute no. nonsense. I've you yeah. know, I know Kat very well, you know, they're she's an old neighbor had... of mine, and yeah. she puts so much in and mm. gets nothing, absolutely nothing back for it. But the fact that they've mm. had to go and ask what's our plan, that shouldn't be a question to ask. That should either yeah. be the board, like the Enoch board, telling us, either giving us some direction or just showing us on the pitch with the football and the style of play. So that, so that it's, you know, they do their talking on the pitch. Or tell us, we don't hear from them. It's like a silence from the team, from the football, and a silence from them. It's just, it's purgatory at the moment, absolute mm. purgatory. And that that's no good. That's not healthy. Yeah, I think the key will be for us as fans is that if we know, I said this, again, I, keep, I said this a minute ago, but if we know the direction in which we're going in, we'll be a lot more understanding I think generally in terms of what the ambition is and what the target is because if they said to us you know what we know we've messed up and it is going to take us a three four year process to get back to where we was under Pochettino we are going to invest we are going to try and you know accumulate money to get that back into the squad let's be honest about it guys if you're a Spurs fan we're not here for the trophies because you could go to Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea, you know as a Spurs fan, you're here to see an exciting brand of football, I think, that wants to make you want to go every week and you fall in love with a group of players like Pochettino had us doing for a certain period. So mm-hmm. the key for me is that if we have some kind of vision or knowledge as to where we're going to go, you can live with that. But I think it's the not knowing at the moment that is absolutely killing us. But I do want to bring it back to the football. Um, 
Joe Roden tonight had some strong moments at the back and he made one Salomon run from his own box before the break. Um, he'll feel that he should have more chances he got, like I say, going forward. I think only tonight and um, still yet to be up, given the opportunities really in the Premier League. Um, I know Adrian Strucker there on says there, Ricky, we know the direction we're going nowhere. And that's my point. We, we need to know where we're going. Um, Christian Romero, again tonight, um, you were busy nights in this one, but he looked composed on the ball. Um, yep. Roscoe, for you, Romero, Roden, is that a potential pairing for you? Or do you think Romero's going to end up being paired again with one of Dyer or Sanchez moving forward? I, I reckon he'll get moved around again uh, with Dyer or Sanchez again. Um, I feel like we still haven't found wh- who our, who our centre-halves are. Um, I don't know whether we, we will find that before Christmas. Like, I, ju- I just feel like Nuno's just chopping and changing. And that, this is the thing, the stability of the team at the moment is so unstable where we we don't even know what the, the starting lineup is fully. We we got an idea of what it roughly is, but it's it's never like the centre halves like Dyer and Sanchez played really well the first three games, and he stuck with it. But really, he shouldn't have stuck with it because that we had that last season. Do you know what I mean? So it's like bring someone else in, bring someone else in. We've got someone else in, and now work. Let them work with one of these. Who's the strongest out of Dyer or Sanchez? And that's what we need to be working out. You know, um, yeah, I feel it'll get, I feel it'll get moved around. I think Rodan's just there for the European games, um, and then you know, depending on where we go in that, um, yeah, he'll just be benched. So yeah, that's that's how I look at that. Rich question on the screen there from Nathan Evans who says, after tonight's win, we need to buy Romero on a permanent deal. I think that's almost a formality, Nathan. But um, he says, my question is, why isn't Nuno playing him in the Premier League? Well, I mean, the line that you or, or he's settling him in, we're bedding him in, will probably get trotted out. But settling in to what? Like bedding in to to what? I don't. I just don't quite get that. When you've played in Syria, you play for your national side. You know, it's the same. He's not having to learn really a new language. The language of football is worldwide. The game you play at Tottenham Hotspurs, the play the game you play in Buenos Aires and Timbuktu and everywhere else, isn't it? So I don't quite get that. He's good enough. He he played in Syria and there's some wily old goats up front that he's had to look after whilst playing in defence, and he's done that more than capably. So put him in. Put him in and play him. It's the same as this, well, maybe he's not old enough. No, if he's good enough and brave enough, he is like he is old enough. So I don't quite get what, what they're they're bedding bedding him into. And but that's what's gonna get tried out. Same as Roden. I mean, he's had such little chances, and every time he has rich. come in, yeah. he's looked he's looked good. Sure. He's very vocal as well. Yeah, you know, he's I, I, very, I very vocal. How can he feel rich when he's on when he's on the bench and he's watching some of the performances in the last three games from <laughs> Dyer and Sanchez? He must be sitting there thinking, "How have I not got a look in?" Yeah, <laughs> he must be it, thinking it, that surely. Exactly, and that must be demotivating in itself, you know. Yeah. So there, there should be a, a level of ruthlessness with a manager, and you sort of go right, okay. Look, you're not you're not pulling trees up for me here you're you're not cutting the mustard so you're out and he's getting a chance because I like what I'm seeing when when I do play him I like what I see in training he's playing I you wonder sometimes whether you go well I don't much fancy Sanchez I might give Roden a game whether somebody in a suit comes down and goes yeah but we paid hell of a lot of money for Sanchez and we paid like £4.50 for Roden and if you know if Sanchez isn't playing 
come the end of season, if we want to let him go, that's a bargaining tool for somebody to try and knock the price down of him. So, you know, you start getting the economics bleeding over into the football yeah. decisions and, and then that, that's, that's a mess. So that, I, I get, I get that that goes on, but it shouldn't, should it, Rick? It should be purely no. based on on the footballing side. So Roden definitely deserves a chance for me. But the, the main thing is, Dyer and Sanchez at the start of the season looked like they was actually quite settled, and they looked better than they did last season. That's for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But no, if they're not cutting it, bring them in, bring them in, and give them a chance. I think as well. If- I mean, in, in fairness to Nuno, and this is where this is where we've all watched Tottenham last two or three years and know the the, the car crash that can be the Sanchez Dyer partnership. But in fairness, he comes in, and we always talk about when when a new manager comes in, players start with a clean sheet, uh, a clean slate, and we keep three clean sheets. So Nuno is judging them on those three games. He's not. He, he doesn't care what happened last season. No, the season no, exactly. Before. And he yeah. sees them keep three. And then you had Romero picked up that little injury out in Portugal, didn't he? Pacos or whatever. So yeah. he was unavailable for that next Premier League game. So even if he wanted to change it, he couldn't have done. Then we go to Palace and he's, he's in Croatia because he buggered off to Argentina without the club's permission. When they deliberately, which is hardly a great thing to do, is it? And you, I mean, if, if, if let's be fair, it's a new job. We look at it as football. It's a new job. But if yeah, if, yeah. if you if you go and work for a new employer and your boss says, look, I don't want you to go and do that and you just bugger off and go and do it, your boss isn't going to be too happy either, but is he? So he misses Palace because of Croatia. Exactly. He misses Palace because of Croatia. So, yeah. you know, that, and and then he got picked for the Chelsea game at the last last minute, wasn't it? Because they, they got back on the Saturday morning and they played the Sunday. So he's really only been available. The only game he's really missed was last weekend's at Arsenal. And against Chelsea, we conceded three. So Nuno thought, well, I'll go back to, to what was the, the three clean sheet part. So I can I can understand Nuno's thought process. I'm not saying I agree with it, but I can yeah. understand the thought process that Nuno's put into it. But then having watched last week, I mean, you know, he probably, I, I think it will be Romero and Dyer come Sunday. But I can I can see Nuno's thinking of, of why he's done what he's done. I definitely think Roden will feel very. I think it's very, feel very hard done by to have not had more starts. I do feel for him. I think you know what. I think he'll become if he isn't at Tottenham, he will go on to be a Premier League player. One hundred percent. I've got no doubt about that. I think he's shown enough quality from what I've seen in glimpses that I think he's definitely got the capability to go and actually perform for a, a decent sized Premier League club. And hopefully he's at Tottenham still. Fingers crossed. Um, Roscoe's come back round to you. Um, Winks getting a full night minutes under his belt. I think he did what was asked of him really in the centre of the pitch. I'm not going to go into the Harry Winks debate because we could be here till. Uh, the very early hours of the morning. Um, Oliver Skip again, mopping up plenty in the middle. Uh, first off, he unleashed a low shot that just flew past the left-hand post, but another impressive display. And he could have been booked. But I think he could want to book his place in the team for Sunday, which we'll come on to shortly. And um, Hoybier, I think he showed a lot more energy in the centre. I think he looked like a different player when he came on. I think for Hoybier, yeah. I must say this, I didn't add this on the last show, that at the moment, I think Jason picked up on this last season many times, the bloke is doing, you know, three to four players' jobs at once. And I think on Sunday he thought, do you know what? Stuff this. I'm just, I'm not doing this. And do you know what? I feel for him because there's only so much you can ask of a player. You know, Rich, coming over to you, Hoybier, you know, we took it out of him last season. Towards the end, I think we just completely cracked the bloke. You know, as Spurs fans, we just thought, oh, do you know what? This club is killing me. I think he just thought towards the end, do you know what? I'm dead out on my feet. I'm getting no support. I look left and right. The, the quality next to me isn't the greatest. 
I've come from Southampton here. I thought this is an upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And Sunday against against that mob, he had to do two people's jobs because you know as soon as Skip came on. We looked, we looked much better. We looked much more solid because he had another dustman alongside of him and that midfield needed two dustmen on Sunday. So he couldn't do it on his own and he fell between two stalls and, and done neither. So people were going, oh, where was Oiberg for the go? Where was Oiberg? Where was Oiberg? Well, Oiberg was trying to be everywhere because he had two non-defensive midfielders alongside of him. So judging when he's got a skip alongside of him and having to do just his own job, and then he looks more than, than than capable for me. But all the time that you know, if we are going to play with just him now against a midfield that can you know that can cut through you, um, then then you are going to see that. You know, he's not superhuman. I like him, but he can't do he can't do two jobs at once. And you know, tonight he he looked he looked okay. He's solid enough, isn't he? He is solid. He comes in, he breaks stuff up for you, but he does. He needs another one alongside him. Him and Skip look a really mm. good, good pairing, you know. And going back to what yeah. I said before, with Skip, people went, oh, you know, he's a bit young. It was only Norwich. It was only the Championship. Let's see how he gets on in the Premier League. Well, he's come in and grabbed it by the balls for me, Skip. He's really, really got come in now and gone, yeah, go on in, I'll have a bit of that, I'll step up, I'll do it. So, you know, if you are if you are good enough, you're old enough and, yeah. and experienced enough. So it just shows you go and give some sometimes these people um a, a chance. There was no bedding in with Skip for the Premier and League. He came agreed. in and grabbed it. Good yeah. good luck to him. So uh yeah, but Hoiberg I, I do like. Yeah, agree. Just to wrap off some of these players before we take our final break of the show, we've got Villa and a shit quiz to come. We've got to fit all this in the next 10, 15 minutes. Um, Brian Hill, plenty of desire, drive some lovely touches, just couldn't find a way through on the night. Big hopes for Brian Hill. I'm sure, like I say, fingers crossed, we will see him on a more regular basis. Dane Scarlett, of course, making one of his very first starts of the season. Some twists and turns that showed what he's got in his locker, but the service into him wasn't really great on the night. I'm sure, hopefully, this competition will bring him more opportunities, more games, because I say the more games you'll have, the more confident he'll become. Um, Son, obviously, coming on, broke away with a few minutes of coming on, set up came for that chance and grabbed an assist soon after. Mora also set up came for his goals. That'll do him the world of good after coming back from injury. But yeah, like I say, a 5-1 win. And um, After the game, we've just heard from Nuno who said, I think it was a very good performance. I think this, we started well. Honestly, we started the game very strongly. The energy of the boys was important. Always important to start the way we did. We did score again and we did dominate. The only period I thought at the beginning of the second half was that we lost our way a little bit, but the reaction was very good. And overall, I think this was a very good performance. Um, we won't go into more Nuno quotes because I can tell the excitement on my screen when Nuno talks <laughs> is captivating. So um, what we are going to do, we are going to go for our final break of the show for our listeners on audio. Um, taking into this break, we've got an Aston Villa preview and we've got Anna, our Spurs XY correspondent, talking us through a real capitulation for the women on Sunday against Arsenal. Sorry to put you through it twice, but uh, that's what we do on the show. We try and cover the women's side of the game as well. And then, like I say, after that break, we're talking about Villa. Hello, everyone. I'm Anna from Spurs XY and welcome back to the Spurs Women segment here on The Last Word on Spurs. Now, this is going to be a very short but not so sweet segment. Uh, we played against Arsenal in the FA Cup quarterfinal round. Now, you might be wondering how come it's already the quarterfinals. It was from last season's competition, so it wasn't this season's competition just yet. Due to the pandemic, they pushed it over to the beginning of this season. 
And uh, it's not so sweet because, well, we played Arsenal and Arsenal are unfortunately pretty good and we didn't win. So um, just to kick it off, Rachel Williams scored, actually. We took the lead after three minutes, which is unreal, which was very ecstatic. But that's as bad as exciting as it got because then they equalised at the 14th minute and from then on it was all downhill, 4-1 at halftime and 5-1 overall. So, you know, it, as I said, there's a, there's a gulf between the two clubs. So it's never was going to be an even test. And quite frankly, you know, I never had high expectations for the game. But I think taking the lead is, is always very powerful. And I think it shows how much we've come. Obviously, we beat City recently. And, and uh, one of our, well, the best performance we've had against Arsenal, or the best result we've had was a draw. So um, we're coming on slowly but surely. We're not quite where the big clubs are, but um, but we're getting there. And, you know, exposure to these games and all these teams and playing against them will only make us better. So um, I think, you know, that's what you need to, to learn from it and see where you are and how you can improve from it. So, um, yeah, and I told you it's going to be short, not so sweet. And uh, I hope you enjoy the rest of the show. Carmine, you spares. Um, it's Chris here from the Villa View. Uh, just previewing uh, the Spurs game on um, on Sunday, just from uh, from the, obviously from an Aston Villa perspective. Um, don't really know what to say about Spurs. I mean, you guys had a, a really solid start of the season. We had. A, I mean, I was at, I was at the Watford uh, away on the first day of the season, and we were uh, we got absolutely pummeled for the first 65 70 minutes um we we didn't look fit we didn't look um we didn't look threatening we we were just completely out of sorts um and it's taken us uh, it's taken us a few games to to sort of really sort of click in the gear um for me i think the the revival funnily enough was the away game against chelsea even though we got beat 3-0 we uh, we we outplayed them for the majority of the game and could have easily won that game on uh, on any other day. We um that game we actually moved to a five a five three two formation. Um playing three three centre backs. Um we've got the wing backs in Matt Cash and Matty Target, uh midfield three of McGinn, uh Aaron Ramsey, uh sorry, Jacob Ramsey, um Douglas Lewis, and then we've got um, Watkins and Danny Ings up up top. Um, really seems to really work. It's not 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 formation I was particularly keen on. Um, we've never played it under Dean Smith before, but we went with it against Chelsea. Got beat, but played really well. Um, stuck with it against Everton, and uh, and sort of we haven't looked back since. We, we, we went back to Chelsea in the cup uh, last week and uh, went out on penalties and again. You know, if we had only. Have taken our chances again. We we could have won that game. So, um, yeah, obviously, I'm sure everyone knows about the result last last weekend. The, you know, we we never beat United home or away. Never beat them. So, we haven't beaten them since uh, 2009. Uh, so it was quite a quite a turn up for the book. But again, you know, yes, we won one nil. We kept the clean sheet. But again, we could have been out of sight by half time. So, I think once Watkins, who's still not fully fit, and Danny Ings, once they once they strike. Uh, a balance and a partnership. I can really see them causing some some damage this season. Uh, you know, <sighs> once Watkins gets one, I think you'll see him going to run. Um, and then Danny Ings actually hasn't scored since he's been playing with with uh, Watkins up top. So I think you know once they once they sort of work each other out, I think it'll be a really potent partnership. But yeah, I mean, we, I believe, will be without Leon Bailey. We've only seen him for sort of 15, 20 minutes. Came on and changed the game against Everton. 
he uh, then picked up a knock and he hasn't been seen since the Everton game. I believe he'll be he'll be back after the the international break. But it'll be a tough game. I mean, you know, on 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 your day, you know, you've beaten Man City already this season. I think on paper still you got a I think you got a very, very strong looking lineup. Um in terms of options from the bench, I think maybe you're probably slightly weaker than, than previous seasons. But it'll be a really close game. Uh, if we can take our chances and we can carry on and, and, and you know play with that level of intensity uh, and play with that level, uh, you know that, that real fearless uh, mentality, then uh, I think we can I think we can go and, and catch catch you on a on an off day. I think there's a lot of neg- negativity around Spurs at, at the minute, so possibly a good time to play you. I know we went there last season and, and beat beat you two one, and again I thought we were excellent on the day. Uh, you know, and I remember that day there were some protests against Levy and, you know, it was the first game you had fans back, so there was a bit of unrest. But I think if we can, you know, have a good start, get an early goal, then, um, yeah, I really fancy us. But um, it's just, you know, it's so hard to call. I mean, you know, Harry Kane's been, been off form and, you know, as Villa fans, we always say, if anybody wants to rediscover some form, then, then play Aston Villa because... They usually score against us if a player is struggling for form. So, be interesting to see how Kane does. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go two one Villa. Hit the say lads, but I'm gonna go two one Villa. Um, I think once we can get our squad fully fit, I think the squad we have now is we're sort of ninety seven percent of the way there. But once we can, um, you know, I, th- I think we're getting better and better. Um, and I can really see us just pushing on again this season. Without Jack Grealish, so uh, it'll be really, really fascinating game. Uh, should be a good game, and uh, yeah, if we can, if we can have a fast start and a quick start, and put a bit of pressure on on uh, on the Spurs players and on, on the Spurs crowd, then I can't see why we can't get something from the game. So I'm going to go two one. A predictable start with um, yeah, I think we'll go. For, we'll, we'll carry on uh, with the team uh, that played against United. I think we'll be on change. So I think we'll see Martinez and goal. I think we'll see a back three of. Courtney Halls. I think Courtney Halls will keep his place over Axel Twanzebe. He'll play alongside Mings and Konza. You'll have Cash, Matty Cash and Matt Target as our fullbacks. Midfield three of Jacob Ramsey, uh, Douglas Weiss and John McGinn. And then I think, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep that top two of, of Ollie Watkins and uh, Danny Ings. Uh, we, we do have threats on the bench. We've got the likes of Emi Buendia. Uh, we've got some incredible youth talent on there as well. And Chukwameka. Um, we've got Cameron Archer on there. Obviously, Bertrand Triori's on on the bench. So we, you know, we have options to come on and change the game. So yeah, uh, I'm gonna go for a two-one Villa win. And uh, yeah, uh, you know, obviously after Sunday, uh, I wish you boys all the best for, for, for the rest of the season. Phoenix Fifty One is a powerful employee technology enabling organisations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey, from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train, and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. With Tottenham Hotspur on hosting duties this weekend against Aston Villa, I've been drafted in as a Villa perspective to give my opinion on how I think this weekend's game will go. Villa obviously coming off the back of a good 1-0 victory at Old Trafford. It was interesting because Villa have now adopted this five-at-the-back formation with Twanzebe 
often starting there. He departed as he can't play against his parent club, but with House coming in, that proved to be a positive for Villa as he went on to score the winner, uh, whilst also keeping marks on Ronaldo, being the only defence so far to keep out the striker since his famous move back to Old Trafford. It'll be interesting to see because Nuno's obviously adopted a defensive style of play since joining Spurs, something that's not been too popular and doesn't seem to be getting the best out of talisman Harry Kane. Kane has a brilliant record against Villa. Let's not beat around the bush. He's played nine, scored seven, and his team have gone on to win seven. And Spurs as a whole have a good record against Villa, obviously, other than last time out when... Villa beat Spurs away from home towards the back end of last season with the comical Reggion own goal. Spurs before that were unbeaten, dating back to 2015. So Villa have found it hard to overcome Spurs in recent years. But with tides changing, we could see a complete different affair this weekend. It could be battle of the defences as Villa adopt the five at the back. That's been good to us so far, so I don't see why Dean Smith would change that. It gets the best out of our full-backs, Matt Target and now of Polish heritage, Matty Cash. He seems to have found his goal-scoring form with his recent goal against Everton being nominated for goal of the month. So if they can keep pushing on and provide key support to our new front two of Danny Ings and Ollie Watkins, then we might be able to unlock the Spurs defence who have conceded nine in their last three games. On the flip side, Spurs have only scored four this season. So with Villa's defence being tight and compact, they might struggle again. It'll be interesting to see if Villa can hold out again. Obviously, Emi Martinez equaled the record for most clean sheets in a Villa shirt. Um, And he'll be after that again. He'll be looking to break that record this season. They started quite shakily conceding three to Watford. But ever since then, we've gone to five at the back and we look a lot more rigid and we seem to have a lot more structure about our play. So it'll be interesting to see if Nuno, who seems to be under pressure at the moment, at least from a neutral perspective, whether he can unlock that defence and get the Spurs cogs ticking that got you to the top of the league after the first three games. With Tottenham dropping down to 11th, they could overtake Villa with a win and get back into the top seven, which Spurs will be eager to do. Um, to lift the mood around the place at the moment. But I think it will be a really interesting affair. I think both teams should be going into that one hopeful of a result. And from a neutral perspective, that only creates a good game and a good atmosphere. And I think it will be a really good game. Uh, Personally, as a Villa fan, I'm going to predict a 1-0 victory. However, I could quite easily see it being 0-0 with both defences keen to come out on top but either way I think it could be quite a good affair at the weekend. It's a big game and I do feel for Nuno um, this is really the barometer as to you know fans is feeling in terms of where we go this season and people might think well on a second Ricky we're this is going to be the seventh game into a Premier League season the first three he won manager of the month the next three obviously he's lost them all by quite a high margin and you want him out and I'm not saying that but what I am saying is that I do think we need to see some form of a response, some form of what we're trying to achieve. And I think, to be fair, those last three games we've had in the Premier League, 
we haven't seen a direction. We haven't really seen an identity as to what we're trying to build. And Villa, to be fair to them, they're having a pretty decent season. They obviously had that devastating opening day defeat against New Boys Watford, but they've amassed 10 points from five games and on the, on the back of a massive win against Manchester United, which would give them massive belief coming into this one. Um, a win for either side will make the international break much more bearable. And I think that's also key. We're going into an international break here. So, um, Jason, start with you. How big... Is this Villa game for you? Um, if we look at Villa, a game in context, this was the game where, if you look back at Pochettino's reign that first season, this is where it all started to turn for him. Will it turn for Nuno on this game? Well, I think Villa are a better side now than they were then. That's the first thing. Um, they they got a really good result at Man United. Not just a good result at Man United. They played really well at Man United. Gave Man United all sorts of problems. And they actually went to Chelsea, played on the front foot, gave Chelsea lots of problems as well. So, um, like, I, like I said earlier, we crumble with, with intensity. And uh, no matter how good the game or how big the game is, who's in midfield, you know, Aston Villa are really buzzing around him. John McGinn, I mean, look at the intensity that John McGinn brings to a game. We haven't got that. And then you add in, um, I forget the other lad they've got in there. Uh, is it Diaz? Yeah. Is it Diaz? I think they've got good Diaz man. in there, haven't they? Is it Diaz? I think yeah. it is. Um, and, and then you look at the pace of, of the lad that came on from Leverkusen, Bailey and things like that. Yeah. I mean, the intensity of the, the two fullbacks from Villa, you know, Matty Cash is having a, uh, an excellent start to the season. They play so much front football, Villa, and they'll, they'll have the confidence of winning 2-1 at Tottenham last season, not that long ago either, when, when Reggion came up with a fantastic goal, didn't he, for them? Um so, you know, Villa will be coming full of confidence. They've had the whole week to put their feet up, analyse Tottenham, try and second-guess what Tottenham are going to do. And if we leave those sways in midfield that we did last week, it will be, yeah. we'll be in massive trouble again. And, you know, we can talk about positivity and, 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 and sit here and predict a Tottenham win. But if you've got half a brain, you're struggling to find any way that Tottenham win that game at the moment. The way that Danny, we're playing and the way that Villa are playing and the way we think we'll play and the way mm. we think Villa will play. And it's it's hard to see Tottenham doing it. So you think we need a bit of brilliance from Son or Kane and we need Hugo to have an absolute worldie. And if those things happen and a bit of VAR goes for us, we might get something from it. But if you honestly sit here seriously and look at the two sides and the way they're going, you can't find anything other than a Villa win. And Danny Ings as well, Jason. I mean, he's not really easy, easy to handle. Danny Ings as well. I mean, how many goals has Danny Ings? I mean, regardless of what we think personally of Danny Ings and whether we should have bought him, he's just one mm. of our, he's like Vardy, he's one of our bogeymen that always seems to score against us, isn't he? So, yeah. you know, yeah. you've got that problem as well. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's get a prediction from you, Jace. What are you going to go for? I'll go 2 0 Villa. Honest man. Get that insurance policy yeah, out there, Jason. It's a, it's a, you know, like I say, if, if you look at it logically, if Hugo has the world, if Sonny and that come up with that bit of brilliant, I'm not saying we can't win it, but if you, if you look logically at the moment, it's hard to find a way that Tottenham will win that game. Mm. I know many will probably say that's negative, but I think you have to be realistic. You know, we, mm. as a show, we could sit here, we can get carried away by a 5-1 win, but I think the reality of this show is to try and bring a sense of realism as to what is going on right now at Tottenham. And I think genuine fans that have been watching us over the past few weeks will resonate, Jason, what you're saying there. Um, like like to I you. said, where, where oh, can Nuno yeah. find that intensity and a midfield three to, to give us that platform against Villa? Because like I say, mm. we don't want Delhi, we don't want Winks. I don't want Ndombele. 
So where is our midfield free? And, and even if it is Ndombele and Celso, where's that intensity mm. in them coming from? And without that, we're mm. in trouble. I'm more. I mean, Jamie Brown, one of our own there, Daily Hotspur, 2-1 Villa. What is going on with it? What is going on with our panel here? I tell you, they're all falling apart. Roscoe, let's come around yeah. to you. Um, what, are you what are you going for here for you? What do you think Spurs can do? Because um, I will say Dean Smith's side, you know, they've beaten Man United, they've beaten Villa in their last two games, both without conceding the goal. And they even, even they lost to Chelsea 3-0, they were really impressive on that day. You know, I thought they looked yeah. ever so good against Chelsea and they gave it a real good go in that game too. So what do you think yeah. you're going to go for here? Uh, to be fair, I feel it's, I feel it might be a one-all, but I feel that I feel that we'll come we'll we'll come first, we'll score first, and then we'll just sit back, or they'll just come and just be relentless on us. It might be a two-one, just like is it Jamie was saying that? Um, yeah, Jamie. So I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I, I feel I feel it, yeah either a two-one, yeah, or one-all. Um, I, I mean, I can't I can't see any positives. To be fair, I mean, this is the thing. This is the thing with us at the moment. People will see us, us as an opportunity to. Yeah. to get some points from us. Do you know what I mean? Um, they, they see we're unstable um, and um, we, we've got a lot of work to do. Um, Nuno, I mean, I, he, after this game, we can say that he's out of his death if we lose this game. Definitely. Well, I am going to ask one final question before we do, before we do, like I say, come on to that subject. But Rich, let's come to you. Um, Rich, you know, Villa itself, you know, they've been they've been brilliant value, as I said there, since that Stanford Bridge mm. defeat, you know, winning back-to-back matches while keeping two clean sheets over Everton and United, who in their own right, they haven't got bad squads at all. Um, what do you think they're going to do up at Spurs? Or what, what's a realistic, um, what do you see happening? Well, the hope is, Rick, that we're firstly and foremostly, we put in a performance and we try and match them for effort and energy and guile and yeah. sheer will to win. So that's the first thing we've got to do. That's something that's within our control uh, that, that we can do. When you come up against a better team, sometimes, like Jason said earlier, you do get beat. You, you know, Nobody wins every game. but And you can't control that sometimes, but you can control what you do. So we need to see a performance. And we'll probably then see if these players are putting it in for Nuno. Firstly, he's mm. got to get the team selection right because he got that horrendously wrong last week with that midfield. So it's got to be Skip and Hoiberg to start with. And then all of a sudden you're looking like, you know, it's going to be Kane and Son up front. And then it's where he fills in, who he trusts, who he doesn't trust, and who's going to put it in for him. And if we don't see a performance again, then you've got to start saying, like, you know, are these players playing for him? Are these players wanting it enough. So uh, results at the moment uh, is just one of those things. If we get that right, if we get the selection right, Nuno gets that right, we get our effort and our heads right and we match them, then we've got the players to beat them. Agreed. We we really have. Son and Kane, you're not going to swap them two up front for many others in the Premier League. So it's all what goes on behind them, isn't it? And if yeah. we get that right and get the energy and everything right and get balls into them and give them service, they win. They win you the game. So that's like. So it all depends which Spurs turns up Sunday. Is it going to be hard working, guile, effort, playing for each other, playing for the badge? If we do, we win. If we don't, we get battered. And it's a, I, and I can't thing. give you a score on it, Rick. But that's 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 the black and white of it at the moment. You know that that that's where we are. In, in a wider, the other... co- 
Go ahead, I was going to say, I think the other, yeah. the other massive, massive thing, Sandy, is the first goal. Of course it is. Oh, Matt, especially first, being at home. Especially at home. score yeah. first, we get, we get the crowd going, particularly if it's a yeah. nice early goal. Or, and yeah. I think it's really important that Harry does score. I think if, if anyone needs to score for us, it is Harry in, in a strange way to get everybody going. Um, yeah. And then we, we all get a you know, at least for 10 minutes or something, we're enjoying ourselves. Whereas if we concede early and go behind, then I'm not sure there's the character in the side or the belief in the side at the moment for, to see anything other than down goes the heads and we'll that's feel it. sorry for ourselves. That's that's the problem. And we're that's massively glass chin, didn't we? Drop. Yeah, such a glass like, chin. Yeah. We take one on the yeah. chin and that's it. The legs are gone, the knees have gone. So I was saying the AJ performance was like such a perfect... Uh, you know, but boxing, it was like boxing, like Tottenham, wasn't it? It was a Tottenham performance from AJ. It's like out, almost outwitted, like a, out thought, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, yeah. you know. And it was like Tottenham with boxing gloves on. It, it, yeah. that, that team really rubbed off on him in that performance, and that's what we're like, you know. He was he sat on his stool at the end of at the end of that fight, and mm. you know, you, your man's up and like he, he's won it so. We got to come out. Got to be a little bit more Tyson Fury, haven't we, Sunday? And if we go out and, and do that, then we've got half a chance. It would be that. We'll be Dion Tobardo swinging with punches with no uh, real understanding of what's going to happen. But um, before I hand over the reins to Richard Cracknell for the final five minutes, um, we are approaching. We are approaching, guys. Um, obviously, after this game, an international break. Um, if the worst thing was to happen and Spurs were to lose this game, let's start with you, Jay. Just a yes or no around the around the panel here. Does Nuno lose his job after just seven, just seven Premier League games? Uh, I don't think the club would sack him after seven games. I think the next international break is far more of a problem for him than this one. Which is the one which Pochettino was obviously let go in at that time as well, which was the November was, one, of uh, course. Was that the October, yeah. uh, the end of the November. End of October one? Yeah, because yeah, I think we've got Newcastle. Was. I think Newcastle is coming up and you think, well, Newcastle looks winnable, but then he's got... West Ham, which is a massive yep. one for the fans, and then Man United. Of so course, I yep. think the next international break is far. And by then, we might well be at the, the Carabao Cup as well. So that's the problem one. I don't think he'll get sacked this weekend. That's not to say I wouldn't, but I, I think he'll he'll get through this break at least. I'm just tighten that, just tighten that rope at the moment. I tell you, like I'm trying to trying to keep myself going here. Uh, Roscoe, for you, what, what do you think? Will he? Will Nuno go? if he doesn't get that result on Sunday against Aston Villa as we approach his international break? I, I agree with Jason, to be fair. I don't, I don't think he'll go. I don't think it's like a pivotal game. I feel he needs, yeah, like he, he, needs, he needs the man use. He needs, he needs a few big games. And then, yeah, I think, I think those will decide whether he goes or not. Um, then, but yeah, yeah, I think for me, it's like, I'm, I'm like, you know, let him, you know, I feel, I feel that he needs time. I feel he still needs time. Yeah. I feel like it's still it's still too early, but at the same time, you know, it's just the consistent level of losses that we're we're seeing um, that makes it harder for us to actually go. Well, he needs that time. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, that's that's how I look at it from that point of view. Finally, Rich, obviously the international break. It's a fourteen day uh, break from football, which we can't wait. We're we're gonna we're gonna enjoy this. <laughs> I've got two. I, I say I've got two weeks off. I haven't got two weeks off. I've got loads of shows coming your way. So um, I mean, I, I would say I'm having a break. My wife is in now. Sorry, love. I've actually let you down on this one. So I have to sort that out in the morning. Um, but generally, Rich, for you, <laughs> quite generally for you. I mean, do you see the club make a decision on the basis of 
that Villa game, is it that pivotal in your mind, do you think? No, no chance. He, he won't get sacked. There's there's a man that deserves sacking before he does, the one that's, that's got the selection wrong yet again and just not getting the football decisions right yet again. So, I mean, if if Levy had hired Levy, Levy would have sacked Levy by now. <laughs> but that, that's the thing. But the trouble is... Daniel Levy's not judged on the football performances. He's judged on the balance sheets, not on the team sheets. And mm. uh, and it's and at the moment that's still going well. So yeah. I mean, I, I I don't think I don't think he will be out the door because it's a massive massive uh, reflection of the failure uh, in their selection process. I think Ali said it. Ali Gold said it really well. I think he says more about Tottenham. Than it does about you know anything else. Right, if after seven after seven yeah. Premier League games, if we're letting a manager yeah. go, like after we let's be clear, after Spurs had a 70, 72 day search for a manager, mm. and after seven games of letting him go. Now I'm not suggesting that anything is right. Um, I'm not saying that there does need to be that consideration. And if I was Spurs, I would be looking now at potential alternatives. I, w- I definitely would be. I would be selling out alternative managers hundred percent. You know, you look at the form. I think you'd be stupid to not be looking to see if they were letting him go. Who are we going for? Because no offence to Ryan Mason, who, you know, bless him, seems like a lovely guy. I don't know him personally. He came in, did a job as a caretaker. But effectively, we're bringing Noon, if we're bringing Ryan Mason back in, we are effectively writing off the whole season. So what I'm going to do is to avoid even going into this subject, I'm going to hand <laughs> over to the wonderful Richard Cracknell and we're not going to discuss Tottenham. Hold on, hold on. Can I ask you one question, Rick? Go on, Jace. Yep. Who do you want in charge of Newcastle, Nuno or Mason? <laughs> oh, God. I tell you, I, I, I think I'd still say. Nuno Shall we do a moment. quiz? Okay, no, 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 that's, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. fair enough. That's fair enough. Okay, no, yeah. that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Do, do the do the quiz. Miss <laughs> the wonderful Richard right. Go for it, Rich. Thank you. Good evening, everyone. Or Dober Vecca, as they say in Slovenia. So uh, yes, it's time. Right, time see you later, them. boys. I've got to go. <laughs> <laughs> you go nowhere. <laughs> it's it's the shit quiz, and of course, as you know, I always start with a title for the shit quiz, and then work backwards. So, obviously, playing a team from Slovenia tonight. Uh, by the way, I've I've googled Slovenia and sort of having a look. What a stunning country! Absolutely beautiful. I really do want to go there and reading a few facts about Slovenia as well. Now, did you know Ricky, Jason, Roska that? Slovenia is the B capital of Europe. Okay, one in every two hundred people is uh, is an apiaculturalist. Yeah, an apiary is where you keep bees. An apiaculturalist. They keep bees in in Slovenia, and, and and bees are very important to the ecological systems and everything. You know, making honey. Two million people live in that country. One in every two hundred keeps bees okay so let's turn that around uh, you're a beekeeper okay can you see where i might be going now i like yeah? that i like yeah. that I like so, that. so on the back of uh, playing a so, slovenian so, team tonight so the answer is so the answer is brentford <laughs> <laughs> not a bees keeper a beekeeper okay so i'm going to give you some clues Five of them, five beekeepers for Spurs. Maybe not the main keeper at Spurs, but a beekeeper. Do you see where I've gone with this now? Are you enjoying this, Roscoe? I am actually. So your first Spurs beekeeper, chaps, and uh, shout in when you guess who it is, and I'll keep a score of who gets them, okay? 
He was born the 1st of January 1987 for your first Tottenham beekeeper. Who do you think that might be? Anybody want to have a little guess? Jace? Pletty First of January. Who are you gone with? Pletty Coza. No, no. You want your second clue? Yes, please. Okay, he was born in Prudhoe, England, which is uh, up in Northumberland, South Northumberland. So he was born in 87 in Northumberland. So he's a northeast, northeast, north, like proper north lad. Born in Callum 87. Callum no, he's a keeper. Rick, don't Cold forget keeper. he's a keeper. Be keeper. To try and keep up, wouldn't you? Okay. Um, uh, made uh, appearance of Spurs versus uh, debut appearance of Spurs versus Burnley away in the League Cup semi final. Oh, ben Alnick. Ben Alnick. Ben Alnick. Yes. Well done, Jason. Got him. Got him. Three clues in. Well done. Okay. So here's, like your <laughs> here's your second. Here's your second. Beekeeper, all right. Do you like that beekeeper? Oh, suit yourself. I've got it. I've got it now. Take me half hour. I'm, I'm in it now. I'm in it now. <laughs> he was born January the twenty eighth, nineteen sixty three, in Hackney, London. Born in Hackney, London, January the twenty eighth, nineteen sixty three. Any guesses? I see some Tony guesses Parks. coming in. Oh man, alive! He's got him. Jason's got him. Takes a 2-0 lead. He's gone off like a train like Spurs earlier this evening. Will we have a uh, half-time capitulation <laughs> and Rick, Rick I feel like, Oscar come in here? I feel like Nuno being whitewashed. I feel like Nuno. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Beekeeper number three. You ready, chaps? Uh, born the 12th of October, 1963 in York. So a keeper that played for us... <laughs> 63 again, same age as Tony Parks. Jace, I can see the old grey matter going oh, now. You out? I'm out. I'm out. Okay. I'm out my comfort Played zone for here, Spurs you. between yeah. 88 and 90. So he was with Bobby us for two years. Oh, he's smashing this. <laughs> he's absolutely <laughs> smashing this. You can't catch him. Last two are just like, you know, big token goals. He's got his hat trick. He's Harry Kane tonight. Look, he's come on. <laughs> Within 25 minutes, hat trick. Done. Job done. I tell you what, we're, right. we're beating Villa 5 0, sounding. I tell you. <laughs> I'm up for it now. Number four. Uh, let's see if Jace gets a clean sweep here, all right? But oh come, on, Rick, come, come on, Rick. Come on, Rick. We've got to Born 18th of February. Uh, just have, a, have a quick shout. Shout one in. You might sneak one here, like, cool. like they did with their, act, with their uh, volley this evening. Born cool. the 18th of fe- February, 1974. So makes it's him late 40s. Oh, no. Is it the post? <laughs> Ian Walker. Fe- yes! No. Uh, no. Yes. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> In the post again. Barry Danes. Uh, no, he's older than that. Okay. He was born in Prague, Czechoslovakia. Radek Czerny. Yeah. Oh, my God. Give me a break. He's stuffy. 4 0 0. 4 0 0. Yeah. We can't, Oscar. We can't Paul, have this last point. I'm struggling. As Paul Schultz just said, You're showing your age, Jason. <laughs> All right. Last one for you for uh, Tottenham B Keepers. All right. He was born October the 27th, 1957, in Hayes, Middlesex. Oh, my God. I've got no chance. I'm out of this. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Jace? 
Born in Hayes, Middlesex, 1957. Okay. It'll be 30 and 80, so oh, I'm trying to think who the... <laughs> no, <go on. laughs> Barry Danes. Barry Danes. No, someone, yeah, Chris has said Barry Danes it is. And I might, be, I might be leading you a little bit up the garden path here with this one for the final one, by the way. So think a little bit laterally with this. Born in Hayes, Middlesex. 1957, played in Pat goal Jennings. versus... Pat no, not Pat, Pat, no. Played in goal versus Man United in the 79-80 FA Cup uh, replay away Glenn at Oddle. Manchester United. Glenn Oddle, Glenn Oddle. yes, well done, oh yeah. When he, no when he in goal, <laughs> was in goal for about an hour Played at Leeds night. as well, didn't he play yeah, at Leeds yeah, as well? Played at Leeds, yeah, yeah. Well, Leeds. Harry Kane's you know gone what? in goal I'm, as well, Robbo's gone in goal. I'll, I was always going to. I almost said Robbo for a minute, but, but uh, because Robbo was in goal against QPR, wasn't he? Yes, yeah, he was. Yeah, <laughs> clean. But it was Hayes. I thought no, Robbo's not from Hayes. Yeah. J- Jason has smashed that five nil nil. So <laughs> Roscoe's just sat there going like, really, like you know, I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a DJ, I'm a music star. I didn't sign up for this nonsense. And there no, you go, Roscoe, That's the shit quiz. Top of the keepers. Can I say, we are now officially a golf podcast. For anyone who's interested to come back on Sunday, we'll have the Ryder Cup highlights if you press the red button. Well, they're, as, they're, as, they're as bad as the football highlights, I tell you, the Ryder Cup ones. Honestly, always a pleasure. Rich, uh, mix it up next time. Give me a chance for the uh, younger ages, please. I feel like I've completely gone back into this. Fault is there, and I'm absolutely, absolutely rinsed. So, um... Cra- crackers, you have to change it to a Premier League night, not the checker trade night, so I'm not on yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but listen, we always love getting Rich to do these, so um, we'll try and get these regularly throughout the uh, Carabao Cup, um, Carabao Cup shows, and of course the uh, Europa Conference League shows coming our way. So, um, guys, that's it. Villa to come on Sunday. It feels like a massive, massive game for the club in general. For us as fans, my God, we need a win. So let me just mm. say a massive thank you as always to firstly Jason. Thank you as always, Jace. <laughs> is, is that your prediction now for Sunday as well? No, that's the score from the shit quiz, mate. Oh, shit. <laughs> Roska, thank you ever so much, mate, for coming back on. Always a pleasure. Always a pleasure. And we'll yes. to get you back on thank for you. the season. Oh, Definitely. Pleasure. No problem at all. Fantastic. And uh, Rich, thank you ever so much. And I uh, really enjoyed that at the end there. Can't wait to do it all again. Yeah, I'll, I'll bet you can. <laughs> <laughs> especially, with, especially with them shit quizzes. Now, thank you for inviting me on. Nice to uh, meet virtually Roscoe and see Jason again and uh, to everybody tuning in. Sorry if it's a little bit down, but, you know, it's uh, that, that's the way it is. But look, let, let's see what happens Sunday. We always live in hope, don't we? Yeah, but, of course. Uh, you know, we, we want Spurs to win. We don't like talking like this. We, we really no, don't. I love coming all... on and waxing lyrical, you know, but... Yeah. You, you have to be real about these yeah. things, but come on, Spurs, yeah. like find a bit of heart. Come on, mm. like, you know, we all, yeah. have it in yourself. We, we all want, I think it's important to stress this, we all want what is best for the club. We all want to mm. see the club being successful, doing well, talking about the club progressing and fingers crossed, you know, we are going to get there. It's going to take some time. You know, as Potch said, we are in that painful real world. My God, he said it was painful. I did this be excruciating, but um, I guess, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's... We're going to see what's around the corner. Again, a massive thank you to Jason, to Richard, to Roscoe, and most importantly, guys, for you as well watching us live. Thank you ever so much for tuning in this late. Um, if you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe to the channel. And most importantly, keep safe, keep well, and as always, come on you Spurs.
Social Podcast Network. So I, I know you've got a lot going on, but remember, I'm here for you. So bother me when no one's listening because I will. Bother me when it feels like it won't get better because it can. Bother me because you're never a bother. Whether it's a low point or a crisis, get help for yourself or a friend. Learn more at neverabother.org or call or text 988, available 24-7.